Do you think they're ready? I don't know. Yeah, they're ready. What the fuck is up, internets? Welcome to the very first episode of That's the Fucking Trailer. We are very happy that you are here. We hope that you have subscribed. We hope that you've hit the bell so you get uh, notifications about all of our future episodes. We will be doing an episode every single week, covering one movie per week. And uh, this first episode is devoted to Black Panther. That was uh, your pick? That was my pick. And for the audience, the reason why I chose Black Panther first was, first and foremost, a culturally important film. Very culturally important. Not just for film, cinema, things of that nature, and for pop culture. Um, generally, whenever a film itself crosses outside whenever a film that's intended for one genre can cross out and be something more that's what stands out to me and i think every film we do this season will speak to that but more specifically with black panther not only is it a marvel film it's a film a part of a series of films but it also can be used as a standalone film by itself so it's great either way so i chose that and of course with obvious reasons respectfully resting in film heaven mr chad bozeman we want to pay honor and respect to him so being that his we're going to do this film anyway this season guys but being his um, untimely death or should i say his ascendance into the heavens of wakanda to be with boss um we want to go ahead and pay our respect that's a solid elevator pitch. Thank you. That brings us right into talking during the movie. All right, let's break it down. What did you? What do you got? Well, what do, what do I what do I don't got? First and foremost, he thinks I you, do no, you, no you, research. Yeah. So, I, so. Oh, I, that's cool. It's cool. I got some here. Do you want me to go first on so just one of mine, and we can go? How back about we go forth? back and forth? That sounds good. That's back what she forth. said. All right. All right. So first thing I noticed that I have written down on my little notes here is. Um, the film open, opens up in Oakland, California. Love it. 1992. And what's what's important about that? Um, the first thing that came to mind while well, I wrote it down was like, it wasn't that Rodney King in 1992. Also something else. Very good. What? I didn't pull that. That's the original birthplace of the Black Panthers. Ah, and the director, Ryan Coogler. Is from... Oakland, California. So there's a fun fact for you kids. If you didn't know it, opening scene definitely opens up. The film comes in with Black Panther, and that's where the organization started at. So we want to definitely pay homage to that. But one other fun fact, if you would like. Do you know that the actual film Black Panther wasn't named from the actual organization? Can you, for bonus points, tell me where it comes from? Um, I can't tell you where it, can't count where it came from, but I do know that it was, that it, that it was the Black Panther comic. The character in the comic was predated three months Panther party by three months 100 yeah. percent correct and they actually changed it to i think it was black leopard black, black leopard yeah was that <laughs> what it was very very for a very short period of time they realized we're like no nah, that's not planned no that's not planned there, but that just goes to show you that straight from the beginning the powers that be over this over this thing that that people have taken on as their own the powers that be are that are ultimately controlling it from the get-go never had a, their finger on the pulse of what society actually wants from this. And the moment when it could have been something that society rolled behind, they said, nah, let's change it. Yep. But thankfully, you fans out there, all my comic connies that were probably 9 or 10 years old when this comic book was coming out, you fought hard for it to become Black Panther again. So thank you and there so much for that. It actually began in Oakland when Ryan Coogler was a teenager. He walked into a comic book shop. He said, I want to see a superhero that looks like me. Hmm. That's when he got the Black Panther comic. 
And that's when kind of the inception of this film began way back when he was a teenager and wanted to do this. Well, when you're talking about it's funny you say that, because when he said he wanted to see a a a, a superhero that looked just like him, a Black Panther was the first actual black superhero. Well, as far as Marvel and comic books are concerned, you know, Action Jackson may be my first black superhero. That's a story for another there day. Some, there's some black cowboy, too. Yeah. That, yeah. That it was reoccurring. But, very. but he was the actual like superhuman right. so, strength. So before. Before Blade, before Luke Cage or Storm or anybody like that, there was him. But what I wanted, most people don't know this. Like I say, not, even people who've seen the film, 90% of them think that the name Black Panther came from the Black Panther movement. And as you've already mentioned, it was predated by that by three months. But actually, it's doper than what they actually think. This is what's dope. The, uh, the, the He was actually, the term Black Panther actually came from, and this is where the Black Panther movement got their name from, from the soldiers in World War II in the U.S. Army. There were a battalion of soldiers who were not allowed to uh, fight aside Caucasian men for whatever reason. Who knows? Something about racism. I don't know. You got 400 years to cover that, kids. But they were not allowed to uh, fight beside them, so they were doing so good, and they named themselves the Black Panthers. And that's from World War II. And that okay. led all the way to the revolution of Black Panther and things we have going on now. I won't even fact check that because that sounds accurate. Just in line with... Uh with Marvel and the whole comic book world being in bed with like the military complex and trying to sell that propaganda in some way or another. Definitely. Go ahead. So what does, what else did you find on your journey down the black hole? Well, no pun intended. Uh, the not so, not, not all these are just, some of these are just observations. So okay. I'm watching it and opening scene when T'Challa, he bursts down and, uh, he breaks up the human traffickers mm -hmm. just to get, um, the hell is no, we practiced this before the episode. No, 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 no. You don't get to do that. If you're going to be doing a show, okay. it's going to be it's awesome. Not no, Nokia, Nakia. There we go. Nakia. Okay. There you go. Colonizer. You like Kia's? Nah, I don't like Nokia's. Nakia's. So All right. So he breaks. He busts up her operation. And let me get this straight. She was like, she said, "You've ruined an operation. I've been on this for like what weeks, months, whatever." Yeah. He he just breaks in, kills them all, and. Just to tell her, I'm going to be crowned king. I want you to be there. Well, My question is, I mean, they, they have, like, all of the technology that you could want. They're flying around in aircraft. So why they did have, you see uses bees? That, <laughs> yeah, that little thing that, uh, that was not name did to get, um, during, like, the third act. You see them do that. He could not have phoned her. Mm. No, he couldn't. And let me explain why. He didn't break down. I hate to be this kind of guy, but you know, it's Black Panther and they're, they're going to get me if I don't do this right. She, he didn't kill everyone. He actually killed everyone except one. At the last scene, uh, one of the last scenes, uh, Nakia stops him. She says, he's just a boy. And she and he lets him go. But to answer his question, yeah, he did all of that because, listen, first off, he's a badass. That's number one. And that's what he does. But number two, if you notice, she was undercover. She was a spy, so she couldn't have those bees. She couldn't, so while he had them, she could not have them. He could not communicate with her like that because she would be seen with these bees, which no one, the only the only Wakandans had that. And while those, there's five different tribes of Wakanda, not all of them have the same technology as everyone else. She is his ex. Correct. Like, if... I would never just drop in. I feel She's like she's a spy. Okay, but every single superhero has this issue with uh, being an egomaniac. True. Like every single one. He so he could have he could have burst down on her operation and took care of everything for her the day before, but he only had a selfish reason to go there. And be like, I uh, I'm going to be crowned king. I want you to be there. I don't. I wouldn't even. It was say, very Superman of him. Like, I, look at me. I wouldn't say that because I'm going to tell you why. See, because see, because I am a blurred. Uh, 
for all you out there. He'll give you a definition on the screen now. Bing. Um, if you follow the events of Civil War, which is the first time Black Panther himself, not Wakanda, but the first time Black Panther himself was brought into the cinematic universe, we first meet Chat with Bozeman, a.k.a. King uh, T'Challa, before he is King T'Challa. Remember, his father was King T'Chaka, and that was in that was in Civil War. So then once we do get oh, to Black bad. Panther, no, it's cool. We, we're not reviewing Civil War. It's fine. Ironically, shout out to uh, George Carlin. Isn't that the most ironic term in the world? Civil War war but anyways another story for another day but no so again he is not king so what happened when his father just gets killed out of like out of nowhere you heard shuri uh you heard you heard suri said later in the movie the challenge will take weeks to prepare so basically he couldn't go to her until the challenge he went to her the day before the challenge so basically after they got all their longitude and longitude and logistics down that's when he went to her and said i'm being crowned king tomorrow so he wasn't being an ego man he's like this is the last moment i can do it i hate to interrupt your mission but i gotta come get you all right. All right. I'll take that. All right. So you'll take that. Let's see what else you'll take. Maybe you'll take some of my notes since, again, he thinks I doesn't fact check. He thinks I don't do these things. All right. So one of the things I want to talk about is that 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 really, really, uh, really got me was like, OK, when you're talking about Marvel and things of that nation. OK, so here we have king he's about to be king t'challa and now what they did in the comics is very different than what they did in the movie. In the comics, t'challa is smarter than than Suri. But in the movie, Suri is smarter than T'Challa. But the problem I had with it was, was this, is that while T'Challa is, while Suri, we'll get to Suri in a little bit. I don't even want to go into that yet. I'll be back to Suri, uh, to Suri later. As will I. Uh, <laughs> so with that being said, what happens is, is so they, they do the flip-flop. But my problem is this, is that T'Challa his the black the black the, the heart shaped herb which gives him the power of the black panther may, gives him super strength agility and speed but without all of that he is super brilliant by himself mm -hmm. the movie did such a poor justice at explaining that he was just as smart as he's one of the top 10 smartest characters in marvel but to me i think they didn't want to move it to where you had two of the smartest people in the cinematic universe being black now that's on me but you can't have Suri and T'Challa being the top 10 s smartest people in the world. Because I'm sorry, that makes two out of eight mm -hmm. that, are, that are the smartest. I'm sorry, but that's just me. Yeah, I agree with that. It was very, I mean, the whole movie was very pro-women power. Like, I mean, the, his guards, his his sister, the ex. Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. That's one of the, um, that's one of the things that, like, when I went down the deep search on on Black Panther, one of the grievances that people had was that he that uh, T'Challa was one of the like least fleshed out characters, and what Marvel like had the potential to do with him, it was sad that they didn't do a, that. They did a fraction of that. That he was kind of like a canvas for everybody else to live on. I look at it a different way because a true king is a, a server of the people, oh, and yeah. at any given time, he put his self interest aside. He wanted to be a good king like his dad. He wanted to be a good king for Nakia. He wanted to be a, a, a good soldier for Okoye. He wanted to help his friend who who parents got murdered by Claw, Ulysses Claw. He wanted to be everything to everybody, and the only way to be everything is to everybody. You have to be a canvas that can be painted on to yeah. build a beautiful picture so yeah yeah because when you hear the word black king you're thinking of this big guy like like almost an mbaku character big mm -hmm. you know just controlling everything but some, yet again I, it's almost like i'm doing my conversation a disservice he was smart enough to understand that he had it to work together with a bunch of people and it wasn't just his way of the highway yeah there's a quiet power too i yes. liked it i what well, that's definitely not one of my grievances that's okay. one of the things that i liked about him mm -hmm. in like comparison to other superheroes was that there wasn't this flashiness it mm -hmm. was it was a 
he was a quiet lion. Can I say one more thing before you go? Yeah. I want a lot of people don't understand like how important the the technology is in 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 Black Panther. And let me explain why why that is. The technology in Black Panther, Wakanda first makes his real appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the first Avengers movie. What happens is, is they are they're driving these uh these Quinjets. And the technology that powers the Quinjets comes from who? Sure, uh, Suri in, in Black Panther. Mm -hmm. So my point is this. So, okay, that's one way of looking at it. Also, another way of looking at it, here comes my blurredness yet again. Iron Man, when he gets his most updated suits, the one that kills Thanos, he starts using what's called nanotech. Nanotech was invented by Suri. The first time she puts she puts I mean, on that necklace and says, "Tell it to go on." Captain America's shield is made of vibranium. Right? Vibranium, but let me tell you something that even uh, even comic book fans don't know. Even fun fact blurs like me and nerds across the world don't know. There's a different uh, version of vibranium. It's called an art an arctic an arctic vibranium, and that's what his claws are made of. Everything in his suit is made from regular vibranium, but his actual claws are antarctic vibranium, which it the, the strength of that is it dis, it basically breaks down the decomposition of other metals. Okay. Oh yeah, Royal does research. Rocket or Royal. I got another observation. It's uh, Forrest Whitaker. That's funny you say observation. Don't do him like that. I will preface this by saying that I am a Forrest Whitaker fan. Oh my not, god. Not so much a fan. I, as I, much I, I, I got black friends. Yeah, I got black friends. I, 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 what was the the uh, Jean Claude Van Damme movie he was in back in the day with him? I, I, I'm getting my. Van Are you talking about? Uh, you're talking about Bloodsport. Yes. Cool. Okay. Mate. I thought, I thought cool. it was Mate. that one. I thought it might have been Lionheart. Okay, mm -hmm. but yeah, like he. I'll just say this: in Black Panther, he is the first actor that I've seen that in the same movie deserves an Oscar and a Razzie. What is the Razzie for? I know what the Oscar is for. The Razzie is for any time that he is not being victimized in some kind of way or put into a corner where he has to express or he has to like emote just. Where Forrest Whitaker shines is when he is sad, when when he's hurting, when he's expressing like grief or regret. Those moments Oscar worthy. Okay. But when you first see him, like when he's like the um I sorry yeah. son of Baku. Yeah, I was like, this is <laughs> Uh, he's stretching himself beyond his capabilities here. He's the king of Scotland, man. Get it together. All right, I didn't, I didn't buy it. But then when, <laughs> when he was admitting to to Charlie that he, what he was did. in there, that he was in that room, uh, that he was the spy, mm -hmm. and he was like, you know, really, he was emoting, he was feeling bad, he was pushed into a corner. That moment, mm -hmm. I was like, man, I love it when he gets teary eyed. He can do that better than anybody. I just want to hug him. He's being funny with the teary eye, but you know how to do it, don't you? <laughs> But, like, on the note of when, like, the younger version of him, when you look back at that first scene, why is he still acting like, he's like, who are these girls at the door? Oh, he has to. You have yeah, to understand. But the gig is up. But it's point. not. But it is not. Uh, because the king, I'm going to explain why. Yet again, because I take notes and I look at these movies. Is that because, you have to remember, he is a double spy. He was sent to spy on the king's nephew. At the time, because King T'Chaka was still T'Chaka, not T'Challa, was still king. He was sent to spy basically on the king's brother. Okay. Like, that's some deep-covered G14 classified shit. 
And so because he, so even when, remember he said, who's that at the door? He's like, man, some Grace Jones looking chicks out there. He like, let them in, don't knock again. So he's still acting dumb. And even when they say, introduce who you are, he didn't know if the, basically King T'Chaka still was going to give his brother a chance to admit what really happened. And, and, old, and Forrest Whitaker's younger character couldn't break character until the king told him it was okay because he's still on a mission. You even heard Nakia say, I am on a mission. They take their mission seriously. I, I'll give, I will give you, I will concede, but I, I still believe that a lot of that was just, they forfeited a lot of his character in that moment just for the sake of the... The, the the twist where he you know pulls his lip down and shows that he's there too. We'll we'll let the fans decide that, but but I will say this I, for bonus points on your research here, and this will get this will get David. When it, somebody send David in something if he gets this right, I don't think he's going to get it right, but we'll see. Maybe I'll maybe I'll wear the the, the face here. So who who played young who played young Forrest Whitaker in that scene? Um, young. Uh, young Forrest Whitaker was played by uh, what was his name Denzel Whitaker. Oh, look at him! But they are not related. And they are not. However, but they played father and son. Great in another debaters, film. great okay. debaters. And see, guys, that's why we do what we do. I'm throwing stuff at him. He's ready for it, and I got it. That's what we do. Hey, I mean, that, that was a softball. Though. Come on. Well, I'll give her a hardball later. And I have one other observation. <laughs> That, that made me laugh almost as much as Forrest Whitaker trying to be anything other than Forrest Whitaker. So they have these crazy aircrafts, they have uh, vibranium-powered floating trains, all this advanced technology, mm-hmm. and war rhinos. Yeah. One of these things are not like the others. Like, whose idea was, is that something that came from the comic book? Why did they leave that in the movie? It, did, it was so out of place. But it was not. Okay. I, I, I'll explain why. Yet again, this is still Africa, sir. This is, they're still in Africa. Animals exist, and the animals are going to be vibranium-laced animals. The horns that the, uh, they wore were vibranium, and furthermore, they were the, the, the rhinos only existed to the border tribe. I mean, if anybody tried to come in here, we got to get them out. They got to know how serious we are. So they belong to the border tribe to make sure, hey, listen, we need the heavy artillery at the border in case something pops off. So nobody even, and that's just, the animals were the not the worst, but they were the least strongest. But if you got past them, oh, you're still in a world of hurt. So that's why they were there at the border tribe. Sorry, David. Try right. again. Now we would we would be remiss, uh, definitely, to rest in peace to uh, to two other people that had something to do with Black Panther. We have to pay homage now. Black Panther was, of course, created by Stan Lee um, and and Jack Kirby. So when you think about when they originally created these characters, like it back then, Stan Lee has always been known for trying to put out a message of not politics but society and his and his stuff. You mentioned that earlier. If you ever look at um. Professor X and Magneto, mm-hmm. they it's even he's even said it. He based those characters off Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And so me and you're gonna talk about that later, how T'Challa borders on the size of Martin Luther King, no pun intended, King T'Challa. And of course, Killmonger Eric Eric Killmonger, played by Michael B. Jordan, he leans towards the side of Malcolm X. No pun intended. X. See what see how they did it's, that? Boom, dropping knowledge. Oh man. King X. X That's King. funny that you compare T'Challa to Martin Luther King. They didn't wasn't the CIA involved in the assassination of Martin Luther King? Yeah. Yeah, T'Challa is a no like I'm I'm pretty sure Martin Luther King was against the CIA and and T'Challa brought somebody from the CIA through the Wakanda borders 
No way. They used Eric Killmonger like they used uh, Malcolm X. And the reason why I say, if, if you want a reason behind my comparison, not to just throw out this stuff, if you look throughout the movie and you dig deep into the story, and this is where storylines, if you're ever doing a film, guys, and you want to talk about, you have to develop your characters. Your characters have to make sense with the story. So if you dig deep into it, what happened was, you heard Eric Killmonger say, Wakanda has the weapons to liberate his people all over the world. When you talk about liberation, oh, that's, that's, that's I, the... I'm not arguing the fact that... He, that uh, Killmonger is very much like Malcolm X-esque, mm -hmm. but my, I don't think that T'Challa and I just see it's not Wakanda's way to wage war on the world. He doesn't want to wage; he wants peace. What did Martin Luther King want? Yeah, but didn't Martin Luther King say by any? Well, that wasn't no, that was by, Malcolm I, X by any means necessary. Oh, but, definitely don't but, take that out. Y'all heard that? But didn't Martin Luther King subscribe to that as well? Eventually, they they had a meeting of the minds at the end. And but but as far as this film is concerned, if you had to paint them as characters, uh, very soft spoken, very intelligent, very well dressed, On that's the, Martin yeah, Luther King. Surface level for sure. Yeah. Now now don't get me wrong. I think what we saw in T'Challa that we didn't see in Doctor Martin Luther King is that the internal struggle of trying to figure out how he wants to go out there and be on that front line. He wants to be Malcolm X, but he's still King T'Challa. So I think that's kind of where he want he believes because if you notice, this is what most people don't realize. If you're somebody like TG, I'll tell you who TG is later. But if you're somebody who didn't really dive into the film, a, a Nakia. Uh, Nakia was saying the same thing. She says she says she's been out into the world. She sees what's going on. The same thing Eric Killmonger said. The same thing Mbaku said. No, no king has come up here for years, and now you come talking of peace. So at every single step, Wakanda did everything to protect itself from the rest of the world. While the liberals are the rebels, someone who I would side with says, "Nah, our people out there struggling in the rest of the world." But T'Challa and Wakanda's theory was. The rest of the world is a cancer. We have to cut it off at the leg and protect our people. But real quick, Eric Killmonger comes back with a line, says, well, then life start right here on this continent. So ain't all, all people, your people. What he meant by that, guys? History lesson. The oldest person traces back to Africa. If you never heard of Africa, do some research. Google plug now. And that's where I say T'Challa is problematic because I mean, he may have been on the path to becoming more like Dr. King and on the path to becoming even more like Malcolm X. You saw that when he went to see the ancestors and his dad and he told them all to their face that they were wrong. But he was mm -hmm. still stuck in the the bureaucratic bullshit of it all. When I'm watching Killmonger 1, I think he's one of the most fascinating villains that has ever been created because... <laughs> Afghanistan. Duval. Moncrief, I did all that so I can bring this movie to you. Because he, he, I find myself agreeing with him on like every step of the way. Of course, like in the third act, he takes extremist measures. He's like, he does things that are frowned upon easily. But where he's coming from, his principle being pushed, why he's pushed to the edge, like all of that. And his father, I see. Like as far as their principles go, I'm right in line with them. And Shuri, was it Shuri? Which one are we talking about? Uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker's character or Tatala's sister. sister? That is a uh, that's Suri. Okay, Suri. Yeah. She she actually expressed some stolen of by same... Apple. By the way, they called her Siri. Made it the most intelligent thing for Apple. But we'll call. We'll, we'll do that another day. Sorry. Go ahead. So she expressed some of those same sentiments where. They want to use what they have to take care of the world. It's like this liberal point of view in the film that is... Who expresses that? Uh, Siri. When did she express she's, that? She's that Nakia says that, but not, I've never seen Siri say she's that. she's talking to her brother, uh, uh, is in the beginning. I can't okay. remember exactly Or the when. end. Which one? 
in the beginning. Okay. Definitely okay. in the beginning. Okay. Um, Bible reference. Was, and that's because it was that one moment where I was like, okay, maybe, like, that's going to be the reason why he evolves in his way of thinking about, about you know, keeping Wakanda a secret. But anyway, so... Um, so Suri kind of expresses the same sentiments. There's this, they, they want to share Wakanda's advancements with the world. That puts them at odds with the, the established power in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said it, like Killmonger summed it up perfectly. He's like, you know, didn't all life begin here? Aren't all these, aren't, isn't everyone your people? And like that, like I'm watching it and I'm like, this, this shouldn't be the bad guy. How is this person the bad guy? Well, they never said he was the bad guy. Because think about it from his perspective. He's a stepchild that got left behind and told about this great place where his dad was from. And he saw his dad get killed. So he has nothing but vengeance. Yeah, the way every great superhero is born. Like, the vengeance? Yeah. The original hero of vengeance is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, Speaking of that, notice how st- so, so, uh, similar their stories are. They're, they're both Their characters are both pretty much born of tragic deaths of their parent or parents just parent for T'Challa, parents for Bruce Wayne. They are both wearing all black, and they both are pretty much, if people don't know this, do your research, I hate to tell you, uh, richer than Bruce Wayne and richer than uh, Tony Stark is one King T'Challa. Do the uh, research. He by by at least three, four, five times. Do your research. The boy's um, paid. Yeah, he he was an awesome villain. Um, but I just I don't I I when he, as soon as he came on the screen and started expressing his views, as soon as his story was fleshed out, which it reminded me a lot of Simba, like cast from the Pride Land, mm-hmm. goes away, trains his whole life, come mm-hmm. back and fights his family for the throne. Like that was pretty much. Right. Pretty much a superhero version of the Lion King. Oh, oh, it's funny you say that. You, you did do research, oh, so I you see. already know that the scenes from when T'Challa is hugging his father in Civil War rivals when Simba finds his dad, and of course is hugging on his dad, and also the scene to where uh, uh, Simba, uh, Simba's dad, who played by <clears throat> the one that did the Force, you know him. Anyway, uh, when Simba's dad. Mufasa comes to him and he appeared like think about when you were a child think about when you were a child what color was the sky when Mufasa reappeared to Simba out of nowhere is that same purple mm-hmm. and hazy feel how you got it's the same place they were at so yeah. if anything guys let's let's not let's not call it for what it is but we're calling if, I'm sorry I have to say something that's never really talked about what's really happening here if you've ever seen Wakanda if you've ever seen that that land pride rock and lion king or if you've ever seen um if you've ever seen Zamunda these are basically the way that African-American writers, actors, and actresses, and, and whoever does film in our culture got away with being able to talk about Africa. You can't have a film, you should be able to, but you can't have a film that says Africa is the most intelligent nation in the world and it has this technology that nobody nobody's going to buy that. They don't want to believe it, clearly. I mean, whatever. But with that being said, they can't sell that. Mm-hmm. But they can sell Wakanda because that's made up. Zamunda's made up. Pride Rock ain't real. It's a cartoon. The moment you tell them it's real, they ain't buying it. Yeah, that's true. On the, uh, before we move off of Killmonger, this is because this is kind of in line with that video I was telling you about. Um, uh, this black vlogger, he he took issue with the way Killmonger was portrayed. Okay. It, it was all, it was actually the, the, his video, and I'll find it and link it in the description here. <laughs> but Don't his, forget to subscribe. Hit that button. Thing, his video was um, it was. He took issue with a lot of things in it, but the main thing that I actually identify with was his issue with Killmonger. He was like, Killmonger, 
it, the the video is titled like Black Panther um, doesn't like uh, African Americans or something like that because Killmonger is it represents Black America, and it's, I mean he comes from Oakland. He's um, the way he's portrayed as like this extremist that wants to hand over the vibranium weapons to every person that's black in the world and f everybody else. Um, they like, they immediately, they didn't flush him out at all. They took him from like, yeah, here's a pretty decent reason why this individual might have these issues. And he immediately jumps to like Hitler-esque kill everybody except our race. Mm -hmm. And he, that, that the issue was like, like as soon as he got to Wakanda, he threw all, all broke loose mm -hmm. because of him. Yeah. That didn't have, it didn't have to be that way. Like it actually he, did. He could have been such a more, like he was already, a, like I said, the best villain. But what made him the best villain is because I actually identified with the reasoning he had for, like, his dad was killed. So that's the perfect vengeance story. And what he, what he wanted out of, uh, what he, what he ultimately wanted was to take care of everybody. But then they like they flipped it in the third act where he's just a brutal dictator. I disagree. How? I mean, he he was like because you made my points with think two about in the garden when okay. he goes in there. He wants everything burned, and the me mm -hmm. the minute that that woman uh, even questions him, he has her up in the air by her throat. Mm -hmm. Like it was just little decisions like that, like that villainizes him. Of course. Of course, but my point is just to say, the only part I'm disagreeing with you on, and maybe this, as you call him, black blogger, we'll find out. I'm pretty sure there's only one or two of those in the world. Once we find out that this is my point that I disagree with, again, it's just disagreeing with the character wasn't fleshed out. It would, To me, it was fleshed out in a style almost as if you're watching a movie, like a Quentin Tarantino movie, where it doesn't give you everything at front. It kind of like flips back and forth, and it's up to you to put the, the story together. Let me not give it to you. And the reason why I say that is this. We, we start out at the beginning. And we see his character was being fleshed out, not just by him, by himself alone. No, his character was not fleshed out, but his dad. His dad was the one that talked to his son every night about, got, think about this. His dad came from, at least, they didn't say how long he had been in America, but he at least had been in Wakanda for at least most of his life. So you come from seeing kings, queens, people live, eat right, dress right, talk right, learn, evolve, educate themselves. To you come to your worst fucking nightmare, a lean on me version of America in Compton. And so now, uh, now not only that, your worst fears you've told me offset is uh, you didn't want to bring a child into this world. So he came from that and actually brought a child into not the world he came from, the world he lived in. So now he has a responsibility. He has to teach his child where he comes from and also that you are living here now. So it's like saying, hey, heaven exists, but you're living in hell. Now, let's stop there. So, with that being said, all he wants to do is just be like his daddy. Any kid wants to be like his dad. Fast forward. He comes outside from playing basketball after seeing an alien ship leave and sees his dad with f***ing claws tatted all up in his chest. You know what? We just said well, that, that worked for Batman. That's for heroes. If heroes can be born from vengeance, villains can be born from worse villains. So, walking in, seeing your parent die, not just die, not just dead, murdered and having no answers, not even knowing who did it, getting no justice. Mm -hmm. So finally, 
After you've been to Iraq and all these places that are just bred from blood and killing, you want him to be diplomatic. There is no diplomatic when he is that close to tasting. Once he would have got liberation, then maybe he would have chilled out a little bit. But to him, yeah, he's choking bitches. He's doing all this crazy shit. You know why? Because choking that bitch ain't got nothing to do with walking when he walked in and saw his daddy dead on the ground with panther claws. That's a, To him, that's a Lisa thing that he has to do to liberate people to show them. We have the power. And if this wouldn't happen to me, though, it could have been different. And the truth be told, me and you agree. I agree with the Killmonger role. The only issue is I can't let people say I, they don't like how they vilify him. Well, if that person got, got their daddy killed in front of them and, and and went to Iraq and did all this stuff and then had a chance to to take care, to look out for their daddy, which is why he killed Shuri. When we were like, that's why he killed him. And then he wanted to kill Black Panther. But... Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, he st they still develop his character at the very end. And I, I can't say why, because that, that's going to be my quote of the movie. So I'll stop. Okay. Uh, all right. So, so hey, hey I'm, giving you, I'm giving you a different size here, man. When he comes back and fights, and he... So this is... All right, let's discuss the technicality in T'Challa's fight with Killmonger. Do we have to? Yeah, Killmonger clearly won. He clearly won. Yeah, yeah, he did. T'Challa, he had to be rescued, nursed back to health. He was given performance-enhancing purple drugs. And then he has the nerve to come marching back in like, Hey, the challenge isn't over. Like, mother yes it is. You are dead on ice. If they moved you off the ice... No, 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 no. I never freeze. <laughs> that was some bullshit. Man, that, that. it's not, bro. He, I never yielded. He explained himself. Yeah, I he, did not yield. He couldn't yield. He couldn't move until they. All we know is we thought he was dead. Yeah, yeah. It was that was <laughs> when I was all. I'm like, how am I supposed to be rooting for this dude? This is the little head like in football that uh, that like tries to get something on a technicality. Like, no, it was you, technicality. You, you lost. You lost, and you're coming back with the infused with the purple stuff. That you. No, that's not fair because no. The purple stuff was still in his old uniform. He remember they when they did the last fight, and I'll speak to that real quick. When they did the last fight, they took away the power of the Black Panther. And one of the things I wanted to and remember, old boy, uh, Eric Killmonger had just taken the herb, so it would have been an unfair fight because Killmonger had the herb and he didn't. But that's okay. One of the things you mentioned earlier that I have to just really talk about is the Dormilogy. Listen, dude, when you, I'm a fan of action films, I'm a fan of like like listen, I would, would Kill Bill. I'm cool with like. Like, like seeing female superhero leads and everything. But when I tell you, not only, I have to be honest, I didn't read the Black Panther comics. I'm just a fan of film. So that's why we're doing a film. We're not doing a comic book uh, cast. We're doing a, a film uh, show. So I didn't know about the Dormilaji prior to Black Panther. So I read up on IMDb. You'll be paying us soon. I read up on that and, you know, just kind of start. And, I, and, and what got me interested is a certain cast member, which I won't mention for obvious reasons, because I'll be talking about them later. Um, they they were in in another show that I knew about. So basically, my point is, is the Dormilaji are one of the first and only female driven groups like they protect the king they don't have superpowers according to the comic books they do more than protect the king but well, I'll, I'll get into that during the we're talking about section. the film though yeah okay that i saw that too <laughs> shout out to king t'challa uh <laughs> i know king t'challa so, so but uh the dormilaji like they are like no other forget just comic books what film have you seen to where there's a lead, male lead that's a superhero that is surrounded only by women as his main protectors can you think of anything in your history of film no no, um, no. 
Me too. I'm, I'm drawing. And if I'm wrong, the guys, guys, prove us wrong. But my point is, is that they were just so like they didn't have the men. They didn't have the border tribe there. They didn't have the Jabari. They weren't like renting out thugs or anything from different countries or anything. Mm -hmm. They had and they had his back at any given time. All right, it is time for big bikes. Bikes, bikes, bikes. We're about to rattle off. So I'm going to give you 13 facts that I found about Black Panther. I want to see if I can stump you on any of them. I'll can I use my peripheral vision? Sure. Yes, please do. I don't like direct eye contact. No, I'm not going to look. All right, so fact number 13, the car chase. All right, so did you know that the car chase scene was edited in real time during the production of the scene on location in South Korea? The Coogler, he did this to ensure that they captured everything they needed to make the, the fantastic scene work as well as it did. I actually did know that. I'm not going to say I knew it when the movie came out. Probably a month or two after the movie came out and you have a chance to let it soak in. I read back through that. I did actually know that. they were That definitely did happen, so that's 100% correct. All right, very good, very good. One for one. All right, number 12, um, the club scene. Nakia's. Her green pattern dress. Do you know anything um, anything about that dress? Only thing specifically I know about that dress is that that there is a scene that you'll be showing right now. And I don't know if this is the fact you want to talk about, but that dress, there's a scene where on the overhead banister, there's her, Chadwick with Bozeman, and there's a Koye. A Koye has on the red dress, uh, Chad with Bozeman, Black Panther, T'Challa is in all black, and Nakia is in green, and those are the colors of the African flag. So yet again, subtle hidden messages. Though that's a marvel. That's an Easter egg. Wake up. Um, the, what I have about that dress is it was actually, people noticed how well it fit her. It was actually, Vibranium. it was 3D printed. Like, Whoa. I don't know if it was the first 3D printed dress, but it was 3D printed to perfectly fit her perfect frame. Well, now I'm one for one. Cause I did not know that. And I'm happy that I know that. All right. Number 11. Nakia. Uh, in the comic books. Black Panther's bodyguards also served as communal wives, so probably a wise choice that they left that function out of the modern film. Well, animation. I mean, the king did not have a queen. <laughs> he must say, and if anything we know about the king, your royal he, vibranium is <laughs> He must sow his royal oats, and the royal vibranium is clean, your highness. All hail King T'Challa. All right, uh, number 10. Did you recognize the voice of the AI system that guides Everett uh, when he's flying the jet? I know the voice of every other AI. No, because I know the voice of every other AI in Marvel Cinematic History except that one. So I'm sad you got me on that. What is it? Trevor Noah. Who is that? I think he's actually, he's he's from there. I can't remember exactly where. You don't know where there is? Uh, over there. Yonder. Uh, no, I'm thinking, if I'm not mistaken, he's from England. And his he has his his dad's German and his mom's black. Now how that how's that for a fact check? Look that up. I do know that the, the parents are. I are, do know that you have your cell phone out, and Mr. Royal has his mind. He's South South, South African, so don't trust the mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I said his dad was German and his mom was black. Could you please read that? Okay. No, yeah, no, uh, read it. No, no, no. He's I want a you to... South African comedian, writer, producer. All this other great stuff. He's the host. Trevor, of, man, come Taylor follow Taylor our show. Look out for me, Trevor. You're one of the good ones, bro. Come uh, look out for me. His parents were Patricia and Robert Noah. I'm not. I don't want to go too. All right. Well, I'm there now. Um, his mom used to have to walk down the street. She, and she's she, she's South African, and, and his dad is, is Swiss or German. He is not important enough to have a. 
I don't care. About him. But I so knew something. He, he does look German-esque. Oh, now, okay. there you go. You killed it, what he looks like. There we go, because they yeah. all look alike. There we go. All right, we'll cut that part out. <laughs> all right, so next question. So I'm now, what, one for two? Um, we'll just say you're winning. You're doing, you're doing well. I'll take track. it. Okay. Uh, number 10, um, Chadwick Boseman was the first and only person considered for the role of T'Challa. Incorrect. Uh, actually, if you think about this guy, let me take a look. What was his name? I don't know. Sam Wilson. And go ahead and tell me I'm wrong. Sam Wilson was considered. Don't worry, guys. I'm setting him up. Blurred. Something to throw it off the backboard. Don't worry. Who's Sam Wilson? Sam Wilson's the Falcon. Is this a real person? Oh, it's a real person. Sam Wilson's the Falcon. Okay. And who's the Falcon played by? I have no idea. Anthony know. Mackie, who was also considered for no. the role. Oh, yes, he was. No. Yes, he... Okay, guys. Now it's time to go see who's right. Durden or Royal. Let's do the meter right here. Royals right, Royals right, Royals right, Royals right, Royals right, Royals right, Anthony Mackie doesn't care if the Black Panther man. I don't care. No, you no. They didn't get a horse to direct a horse. What are you saying? I didn't say this. Anthony Mackie said this. He said what? Anthony Mackie calls out MCU racism. No, no, that's not what we're doing. He's trying to mind y'all. I asked y'all. Anthony Mackie considered for Black Panther. Hold on. All I'm saying is Chadwick Boseman was the first and only considered. Nope. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Why you got to disrespect the man in death? I'm not. Why you got to respect the lie in life? <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll say this, Durden. Okay. Now, I will say this. Now, while Chadwick Boseman was probably Marvel's only choice, there were a couple of people who tried to throw their names in the hat. There Pro there's probably a lot of people that wanted well, I know notable names. Wesley Snipes wanted to play. Oh, I like that, but you know why they wouldn't let him do it? Oh, when he was already Blade. Correct. That's one hundred percent correct. I mean, that's not the only reason. That's the overall. Uh, I'm sure there are other like personality reasons because I think I mean the on Blade Trinity he refused to even open his eyes for a lot of the scenes. They had to digitally CGI his eyes in, looking at Ryan Reynolds and because he did not he he was so over it, and just. I don't know what. I don't know. It's funny you bring up Blade. I mean, it's funny you bring up uh, Wesley Snipes. I'm just gonna say one thing: Money Train. That'll be that'll be important later in the episode, guys. You'll see why. All right. Can you I, figure out why? Can you see what I'm doing here? All right. I can't find that right off the no, top, but I dropped two Easter eggs for the episode. TG. Fast forward. Then I said Money Train. I wonder if Dirty knows what's going on. Yeah, he's a smart guy. We'll figure it out. Oh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Woody Harrelson, Jennifer Lopez. Oh, don't worry about it. Now. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. All right. Um, number eight. Oh, Wesley Snipes. Here we go. Wesley Snipes tried to get a Black Panther film produced in 1992. Even with the completed script, the project never, never made it past development. It was sent back in, actually, 1992, which is when Black Panther opens up. I, I knew that. Which, fun fact, that was a good fun fact. But I knew that, and I've known that for quite some time. And here's why I don't have a problem with that. I am against. I don't care. I hate, and I absolutely mean hate as a fan of film and that being an actor myself, I 100% hate when... The same actor, no matter how great they are, are allowed to play multiple characters in the same universe of big titles. I mean, I, and I'm not even, listen, everybody knows what I'm talking about. The, the elephant in the room is Chris Evans. Are you talking about Samuel L. Jackson? No, I'm talking about Chris Evans. When I mean, he's Captain America and he's, of course, also Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four. Both of, both are Marvel properties. He was Johnny Storm before he was Captain America. Not only just him, they've done this several times. Ryan Reynolds has been Green Lantern. He's yeah, been Deadpool. He's, he's been, really he's, he, no, no, he's been, he, no, he was definitely, he, he was definitely, he was Deadpool, but no. 
he was um you're making me now you're making me mess up he was weapon x which was also deadpool weapon x so that was, those were the same character he was green lantern yeah but green lantern they just swept that under the rug that's like i did never happened it happened you know why because guess who plays in that angela bassett who plays in what black panther so they just can't sweep it under the rug all right so uh this one number seven uh gambino jokes <laughs> Did you know that Donald Glover was called in to write some of the jokes in Black Panther? Um, in the DVD commentary, Ryan Coogler revealed that Glover wrote at least one of Suri's jokes. In the scene where they're calling out for someone to challenge the child's place on the throne, Suri raises her hand, uh, but only to complain about how tight her shit is. Like, can, they, can they wrap this shit up? That was actually written by Donald Glover. I did I know that and you know how much respect I have for Donald Glover but I could have saved him a lot more money and came up with something one. a lot funnier yeah they were I mean yeah they were called in yeah it's cool that's cool because I'm gonna call you in all right number six Oakland Black Panther okay so this we kind of already covered but uh, I'm gonna say it again just for the sake of this segment Black Panther doesn't just visit Oakland for the fuck of it it holds double significance and that it is director Ryan Coogler's birthplace and also where the Black Panther Party formed in 1966 all right. Very good. We'll move on to... I didn't know that. Royals, Royals keeping up here. Royals keeping up. And this is another one that that uh, that we covered already, but number five, No Relation, Young, young Zuri. Uh, Zuri. Which one? No, Zuri. 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 <laughs> I can't. Zuri. I cannot. Uh, young Zuri is played by Denzel Whitaker. Old Zuri is played by Forrest Whitaker. No Relation. And you can forgive yourself for assuming that. They are as related as T'Challa and Killmonger in the comics, of course. The Whitakers actually did play father and son in The Great Debaters. So I was bringing up, um, let's see, we got that in there? No. Okay, so, yeah, uh, no relation. Eric Killmonger and, and uh, T'Challa are cousins in the film. Correct. In the comics, no relation at None all. None whatsoever. Okay. Oh, number three, the accent. Originally, Marvel was against Chadwick Boseman using an accent. In an interview with Hollywood Reporter's Awards Chatter podcast, Boseman said he felt strongly about having an accent. Let me just stop you right there. That's just a Hollywood way of verbal whitewashing. I'm just calling it for what it is. They basically did, and I'm not stopping you, but I've done so much research on it that that was a deal breaker for him. That's, he was prepared to not. Yeah, it was literally a deal breaker. And for I didn't him. see that. I didn't see that. He was not going to do it because it's that you can't say in Black Panther and we're in Wakanda and I'm talking like I'm from San Francisco or I'm talking how articulately I'm talking right now. It can't be done. Mm-hmm. But if I tell you I'm the prince and I can make it happen, if I played, I played a king twice. I've been James Brown, damn it, the king of soul. Mm-hmm. And now I am Wakanda. I am T'Challa, the king of Wakanda. I am yeah. two kings at once. And I'll say play Jackie Robinson. Damn it. I'm a martyr. I'm a man for the times. And he was asked why why the accent was important to him. And he actually had a very good, like, character-driven backstory for it. He was like, somebody with a European accent's not going to, not going to um, be born into the throne of, uh, of Wakanda or any place in Africa. They're not, unless it was colonized, and Wakanda has never been colonized. That's what makes it important. But that's what made it believable. The story, see, and that's where it, that's where character development and story writing comes in. They have to have you have to have several people in the room to flesh out those ideas. And the reason why I say that, guys, is if you're ever doing a film, think about it this way: just at a subconscious level, what drove a bigger diversity and developed the characters of T'Challa as well as Eric Killmonger is. Killmonger was that Americanized version of someone from Wakanda, a la like his father was. See, his father still had his accent, but 
He, but notice when the movie came on, he was saying, I said, what we going to do? We're going to come around the corner. We're going to do this right there. They were able, that's be like being bilingual. You can speak American and Wakandan. So Killmonger did, he never spoke Wakandan because he, even though he heard his father said he was not from there. So it drove, it, it shows you their different upbrings. It's more to character development. So it got to be a deal. Break. Like who, like, come on, yeah. man. He said he, if he compromised there, he saw it as like a slippery slope and compromises for the sake of making people feel Well, when you're talking about slippery slopes, before, I hate to stop you right there, but uh, just on that same fact, since we're talking about it, that that's what caused a Ava DuVray and uh, F. Gary Gray to... Well, F. Gary Gray dropped out for obligation reasons to other films, but when it comes to Ava, she dropped out because of creative differences. So you're talking about, you have a chance to be a part of Marvel, but I want you guys to understand as filmmakers, they're independent filmmakers, there's industry filmmakers, but you got to decide which one you are and what you're willing to compromise. As a filmmaker, when you put your name on a film, that's your film. So it's all about what you're willing to give up. They didn't say that Ryan uh, Ryan Coogley, Coogler fought for the accent. They said it was a deal breaker for Chad with Bozeman. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, you got to stand up for your right. Guys, you got to stand up for what you believe in as an actor. So, yeah. Number two, what are those? All right. I know what that is. I'll go ahead and help you out. That is from a YouTube phenomenon. I don't know the year. I think it was circa 2015. It's actually Vine. Vine. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. hey, Remember my that? space is still sponsoring us. So, yeah. you know, hey. <laughs> Officer, I got one question for you. What are those? Uh, yes, but it is from that, and it's so dope, and I'll tell you, it was dope. It's from that video that got like a billion views or whatnot, and so when they brought it into the film, you can't just throw a line into a film. It has to make sense, and the line that references the film is when he has on, he said, I thought I would go old school for the first day, and she was like, no, and then basically. This is, of course, in the scene where Surya is showing him the, the, the new shoes, the new suit, and everything. But you know what she calls them? Uh, well, in that she's she's referencing Back to the Future Part Two. She says, you know, that the um, the old American movie that Baba used to watch. Yeah, yeah. I got the script too in my head. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So number one, Wakanda Forever. So do you know where where the salute? was inspired from i'm gonna dig deep on this and guys if i can get this i just want it to be certified i just want to be I'll, I'll like give, i'll give you a hint it's, it's, ah, it's, it's i don't want to hear anything I'm just gonna, i don't want any hints i don't want you i don't i don't want any hints answer. i'm not looking at anything i don't want any hints it's first a, off first off let me tell you this it's not a hint. first off it's not a hint it, it means hug in certain cultures okay that's one can, can i go now two more yeah i've only got one more for you okay it means hug in certain cultures number two that's how they used to if i'm not mistaken here when they use a lot of this and tell us that all these Egyptian kings were white and all this pharaoh and all this other crap, whatever. Uh, but that's how they used to bury the Egyptians. They used to they used to have their hands buried like that. Now, I do know those are the two things. I don't know the third thing, yeah. but I will say this because I don't want the third thing to be something I miss and he said. I want to make sure. I, I'm not going to lie. I have to go back and look at my notes on this. And I do know it. I just want to make sure I'm not. Uh, nope. I already know it. I'm not going to look. If you want to know where the term Wakanda came from, actually... Wakanda is actually based off a real village called Wakamba, and Wakamba is a as a region of Kenya. So that whenever you say Wakamba, Wakanda forever, it actually comes from Wakamba. So I that may not be his third fact, but I at least I got two out of three. And guys, oh, give you boys some credit. Those, those were the solid two. Yeah, hit the applause. <laughs> Uh, the last one was it's it's based on a lot of West African sculptures. Did not know that. Yeah. Okay. All right. That is big fikes. Hey, 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 guys! I told you if we didn't. Hey, tell them we don't discuss this prehand, do we? We don't. No, no, no. This was not. You wouldn't allow me to discuss this. You wouldn't even look at the videos that I sent you of me taking the notes of this. Well, yeah, this is true.
So next up is uh, <laughs> Seven Minutes in Heaven. This is where we each throw out our top three scenes from the movie. I have two honorable mentions and three scenes because it was too hard to decide, so forgive me. That's what she said. First honorable mention is uh, the credit scene where T'Challa addresses the United Nations. I thought that was badass, especially how they ended it with like his, again, that quiet, subtle power that he has where... They're like, you know, what, what does Wakanda have to offer us? And he doesn't even have to say anything. It's all implied in his look, his smirk, and it ends on that. It sets up. I'll, I'll get to what it sets up. Uh, hold on, you want to the second one now? My second honorable mention is uh, when T'Challa confronts his father and the ancestors and when he screams at them that they were wrong. That was, I thought, a very powerful point in the movie, a very powerful point for his character. The, like his, his, his character arc is, you know, where he begins to change a little bit um i like it all right so here's my top three scenes all right number three when Surya is showing t'challa the gadget she's working on she gives him the demonstration showing the power of the new suit one i just think that when technology when you get kind of like a uh, how it's made in a feature film like in a little mini episode of how it's made that always interests me but then they like threw in the humor in it where she tells him to when she tells him to kick the suit and he looks at her she's, he's like why are you recording? It's for research purposes. And you know he's about to get knocked across the room. And as soon as he does, like, delete that footage, and you know she's not going to, it goes right back to the middle finger she throws up at him. It sets up this, like, as much as he's a king, is a superhero, he's also still a brother. And to have that trifecta in one character, and he portrayed it perfectly, like, he balanced those three dynamics so perfectly, where, you know, I've seen some people, like, there's no way that, sister or not, she could flip off the, the king of Wakanda or about to be king of Wakanda and just get away with it in front of everybody. Yeah, be, she could because it sets up this, like, like family is first in this, even above politics, above any kind of respect to royalty or anything like that. It's brother and sister first and then king and... You even know. with even with Nakia, when she said when she talked to Okoye and said, "What are you loyal to?" She said, "The throne." He said, "What are you loyal?" To? She said, "She said I serve T'Challa." To her, it was a. Uh, I know this is innately wrong, but I still serve what I feel is good. Mm-hmm. All right, my number two is the the whole action sequence in the club. That that shot that I know it's not one shot, but they did a really good job of making it look like it's one shot, where they go from one um, action sequence to the next inside the club, and it culminates um, with. Uh, T'Challa and Claw having the showdown, and mm-hmm. then he pulls out the arm, the arm gun. Mm-hmm. Arm that was yes. badass. Right into the um, the car chase, all that that whole sequence from the fight in the club to the car chase, uh, where they showed the technology of his sister being able to drive the car. Talk about the agility country. of that scene. Like when they really talk about a panther, like you have Iron Man with his suits, you have Thor with his hammer, you have Hulk getting big. But this was other than Spider Man, this is the first time where Marvel had to show true cat like ability, and you saw it mm-hmm. him running up walls, clawing stuff, and like defying gravity. Like when I crazy. watched that, my first instinct was. This is this is some subpar effects. But then I look at the behind the scenes and it wasn't even effects. I'm just not used to seeing something real like that actually happening. There was actually stunt doubles on top of the cars flying through South Korea's like real streets closed off for this production for a few weeks. And that that uh, I already liked the scene because I mean, it, it ends on that hilarious note where um, Lupita comes 
the the car explodes. She comes like flat, skidding up, still sitting in the driver's seat, holding the steering wheel. They're both unfazed. They get they get up and just continue on. That that whole talk about the best badass. Bluetooth ever invented. Yeah, no, I'm not with her, but with uh with uh Suri. What was Suri doing? Oh shit! That's what I was saying. That technology <laughs> where she's driving the car from a different continent—that's insanity. <laughs> With her brother on top, like the state. You ever play? You ever really like cruising USA and you feel like the stakes are high? Mm -hmm. Your brother is not on top of the car in cruising USA, and if you crash, it could it could be his devastation. But what most people don't realize it's also a callback to another popular 1980 movies. Uh, you got me. No, I don't. Teen Wolf. Oh top of the Okay. <laughs> I did my research, and that's all. That's that's a royal fact. That's not on the internet. Put that on the Wikipedia. And my number one scene that I feel like that if I could, if I if I could do away with the rest of the movie and have one moment, one section of it, it would be from the point that Killmonger shows up with the body, confronts the council, challenges T'Challa, fights T'Challa in the uh, what is it, the Warrior Falls. Um, he fights him there. He, he kills Forrest Whitaker. He he beats the shit out of T'Challa. Spoiler alert! Jeez. <laughs> beats the shit out of him, screaming, "Is this your king?" That was like devastating. That whole moment. It, it reminded me. It took me back to like uh, like every time Heath Ledger would be on the screen in A Dark Knight. It was just this feeling of this dude is over the edge. He, anything is possible. This is so interesting to it's, watch. It's funny you bring that scene up because most people don't realize this, is that when he became king, it was a rising sun of him and when he, uh, him and M'Baku fought. And basically it was a rise of the sun. So you saw him ascending to being king. When he fought Kim, Eric Killmonger impromptu later on in the movie, you saw the sun setting, setting on a dynasty, setting on everything that was going on. So it's funny you bring that. It's not funny. It's just, you know, you bring that that scene up and it's like i can see why that's one of your favorite scenes because like i say when you're doing a film guys it's not about just writing something when people the same way people learn uh learn differently some people learn visually by touching things seeing things feeling things a film is the same way you have to make people feel all of these emotions so if you want a really great film with crossover appeal you have to appeal to people who need visual uh, dopamine. You have to appeal to people who need. Oh, that writing was amazing. Then people like me. Oh, look at that acting. Oh my goodness. I made it. Made, you made me forget I was watching Tarion Royal or Will mm -hmm. Smith or Denzel or Sidney Portier. You made me forget I watched these people, and you fall into the character. Yeah. That's my three scenes. What do you got? All right. Let's go into Royal's bag of tricks, 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 tricks. tricks, tricks, tricks. All right. So let's. All right. So. He's, he's all in this notebook as if I wrote all this today and the ink is the same dry way. That's what he's really doing. Okay, all right. My first scene is titled, Okoye Gets Loose. Now, I am going to dive into the scene to where what happens is, is okay, so the the five tribes of Wakanda has all decided that they want to, they've, they've universally decided that they're going to go out through uh, Ulysses Claw. Uh, and so what they have to do, they have to go to find Ulysses Claw. So three people are sent on this mission. There is Nakia, there is Okoye, and there is King T'Challa. So they all go on this mission. And so fast forward, they get into this club, which he mentioned earlier. And like he says, he said it was a culmination of the scene. To me, I definitely pre-ejaculated in this scene because of the fact of one reason and one reason alone. Um, Okoye. 
Okoye in this scene, see, what you got to understand for me is crossover appeal. And so sometimes, the same way I say a movie can cross over to not just being a superhero film, but being an actual great film, I did not see a female warrior superhero in that scene. I saw, to quote Samuel Jackson, which one, uh, to, to Tim Roth and Samuel Jackson, which one it is, is one to say bad motherfucker, mother like, it's like, she was such a bad motherfucker in this scene people you don't understand the discipline that went into this scene i mean she made my left and my my left nipple fully hard and my right nipple slightly erect what i'm trying to tell you is so okoye who is the head of the door melage goes on this mission so she first and foremost beautiful she has on this wig for the first only time in the film you see her with this wig so she's like she's going nakia going undercover which she's completely uncomfortable with which she mentions later on in the movie like you are a spy throws, i cannot simply come and leave she throws that wig off the first second she's the first found out the first not only throws it but uses it as a weapon at mm -hmm. that so my point is and he's 100 percent correct so as you see she not only is she communicating like running this mission Keeping everybody, he, she's keeping T'Challa and Nakia in check. Who's trying to f after the mission? Clearly, that's they tried to like, like, will the king be seeing you later? Depends on how the mission goes. Guys, keep your, you know, so she's mm -hmm. keeping them in check. So fast forward to reason why I'm saying it's one of my top scenes of the film. She immediately goes from trying to portray being a spy, but still being the the, the queen of, you know, the, the queen. If you don't, I can't even say queen. Take it out. Being the queen warrior of Wakanda that she is. The most fierce, fiercest war of Wakanda, Wakanda. She immediately, out of nowhere, goes. I, I don't even know what to say. She goes nuclear war, a Hiroshima on the entire freaking club. Her spear apparently got some version of extends that no one knows about, and she comes out of nowhere. She, as he mentioned, used her hair as a weapon. She jumps from at least six floors up down with. Now her shoes are off. Nobody knows that. She had on shoes when they got in there. The time the the the, the Sabrina do, 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 with the nose hit the hit, hit the floor. She was not a round i mean she did some kill bill shit, like when she went and fought the crazy 88 or some shit like that she was not off she left the club the next thing you know she was on top of the car too she was in the, like mm -hmm. if it was not for what she listen even nakia says it later in the movie you are the fiercest warrior wakanda has known like like seriously like a woman so she was a more fierce warrior than king t'challa himself now yes when he takes the herb he's stronger and faster than her but without that herb the strongest warrior in Wakanda is a Koye. So that would be my 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 one of my top three scenes. So really, yeah, that, we're we're kind of on the same page there. Awesome, definitely. So number two, okay. So we kind of touched on this earlier. So one of my one of my other scenes that 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 really stood out to me is is, is when eric killmonger gets gets not captured by he surrenders to the border tribe as after he brings ulysses claw to one of the border tribe members whose parents in the film were killed killed by ulysses claw now in the comic book t'challa's parents were killed by ulysses claw but they changed it for the film so um not that scene part per, uh, but in particular but it's when they go into the royal room if you will no pun intended to where there's t'challa there's the other five leaders four leaders of the other tribes there's t'challa's mom his sister nikoya everybody's there and so here you have this moment 
to where for the first time the protagonist protagonist meets the antagonist, the villain meets the hero. So to me, like he said, there's no villain in this film. There's just different various degrees of how should we get this done. And to me, that's why makes what what transcends this film from a superhero film. Take strip away all the powers, all the uh, FX, all the uh, CGI, whatever you want to call it, all the marketing. It's a film talking about while we may not agree how we see change happening, we both agree we want change. Mm -hmm. So when you strip all of that away, that's why this can be a standalone movie. But again, one of my favorite top three scenes was when Killmonger, Eric Killmonger, and King T'Challa meet for the first time. Because see, T'Challa has already been told the truth. See, that's what they don't talk about. He knew who Eric Killmonger is. And even when called to the challenge to say, Asked me who I am. Asked me who I am. He turned his back on him because he did what his father did. Mm -hmm. He chose to omit the lie. Ver uh, uh, omit, yeah, omit the truth. I'm sorry. Well, for, for all my women out there, I'm going to look out for my women out there. That's a man line. I chose to omit the, 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 the I chose to omit the truth that I, you know, so my point is this. So T'Challa turned his back. It was not until another strong member of another tribe who could speak at this tribal meeting said, oh, translation, who are you? And then that's when Michael B. Jordan says, this is who I am. So look at that. That's why I say earlier when we talked about it, you say the character wasn't fleshed out. In his one moment of rage, when Michael B. Jordan's character, Erica Killmonger, could have said, walked in there and said, I'm such and such son. I deserve the throne. I deserve this. It showed his calculation to say, I'm not going to do it. Checkmate. You ask me who I am. And then I'm going to tell you. And guess what? I got the Trump card. Uh, when she says, that cannot be true. And, and what did my boy say from the border trap? I'm sorry, it's true, Queen Mother. He walks up and says it is true. So he had the ace in the hole. He not only did he not say anything, he already had the case won. So don't tell me that his character was not fleshed out, black blogger. You have to do the research and see all the writings in place to see what happened. So that was one of my top two scenes. You want to? Uh, we're like two. We're two for two now. We, we are, the, and we didn't tell them the, truthfully. We did no research together. No, nothing was done together. Not at all. We didn't. I, we, like you said, I wouldn't let them discuss it. Number three. Now this may be different. I don't. It should be. Hopefully, it gives a little difference here. Okay, I know this one has to be different. So, we, but we we touched on it earlier at the first uh, battle, um, the battle that 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 uh, that that Zuri said takes weeks to prepare. So, at that first battle, if you notice, uh, Mbaku came from the Jabari, and that was if you paid attention at the beginning of the movie, Wakanda was with five tribes, four of the tribes stayed together. One of the tribes decided to go do their own thing, kind of like how we are in the United States of America. A bunch of people want to do stuff one way, certain places want to do things other. So with that being said, how it relates to Marvel, this is why it's one of the most powerful scenes. Mbaku, who is of royal heritage, has to write the challenge. He shows up to the challenge late, in fashion as we do, that's how we gonna do it. When I say we, anybody with style or fashion, whatever. So and his his name is Jabari. Whatever that means, Google me. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so so with that being said, so he um he comes to the challenge and they and eventually of course everybody knows the story. They fight, but my point is this: so he interrupts the king's day. He does it purposely late. Like when you talk about what Killmonger, how they didn't flesh him out. And Baku came over that way to, for me. But when he does those things, before he can even get done his talking, Chitala, which he never does, never disrespectful, interrupts. Because remember he said, a man who could not protect his own father. So instead of brashfully coming out like, man, f*** you, all this other shit, what does he say? He lets Mbaku keep telling him, I accept your challenge. <laughs> Glory to honor, man. So then they fight. They fight. They have a good battle. And at the end, 
when T'Challa, unlike Killmonger, don't tell me they didn't develop the characters, could have killed M'Baku. What does he say? He's like, please, man, yield. Yeah. Your people need you, which goes a long way to say, I don't care what our differences are. I don't have to kill you. I can still defeat you and let you know I'm still going to do my thing, but your people still need you because your people are supposed to be my people. That scene was so powerful that people just this shove it across because Killmonger did he didn't exercise that say he was so filled with blood and vengeance and hate that he chose to kill yeah that was an awesome scene so there we go so while so th so those are my top three and Beat I, that I, YouTube. I really like the dynamic of the was it the Jabari tribe yeah the Jabari okay yeah, yeah there that like him specifically that whole dynamic like at first they come off as like traditionalists they don't want they don't want any any kind of evolution to, to take place no advancements or anything like that like they kind of like when he first comes out talking about all that he reminded me of like republicans it was like oh is this the right wing is this the tea party of wakanda coming out to challenge uh but then you know as his character develops and he he starts to realize that t'challa is not just just par for the course as far as the um as far as you know things go in the hierarchy of Wakanda. But you know when he realized that, though, correct? When, when he, he said, came in there and he said that that when when he came for help, correct? And he was like, correct. But the crazy thing about him is that he saved his life before he even before that. But why did he, he told him why a, a life for a life? He said it. Yeah. He said a life for life. But what's crazy is he said a life for a life, but he also called him out and says, "No king in the past, you know, has ever come here and tried to offer anything. You guys have hit the vibranium force while you advanced. We haven't. Now, from what Charles point, he was like, well, that's because y'all decided to do your own thing. We tried to tell y'all unity was better. So so it's kind of like they were bickering. But what he says, I cannot speak for past kings. Mm -hmm. And that's what changed Jumbaku's mind to show up at the end of that battle. Not only for the end of that battle, for the that battle, for the battle in Infinity War and the battle in Endgame. He got Mbaku for three more movies just off doing the right thing. Or two more movies for doing the right thing. Now go check that out, Blurds. All right, so that uh, that concludes Seven Minutes in Heaven. Let's move on to Scene Stealers, who our best actors or actresses are. So, for the film, we had a star-studded cast. I mean, dude, you cannot make this up. I mean, when you really talk about this cast, let's really, I mean, goodness graciousness now. I mean... Uh, I'll let you know. I've got four honorable mentions because I couldn't end end the winner side because I couldn't nail it down to just one without at least mentioning a few. You remind me of Timber Two Man Taylor. You can't nail it down. Boom. See what I did there? So you're, when you're talking about a star-studded class cast, now I want to be one of the ones. I have to be honest when they say, "Oh, this is the the first casting years with an all-black cast." It's not an all-black cast. I mean, clearly there are other actors here uh, that were in the film. But when you when they do talk about the star power, that it says, I challenge you to go back and look at any marvel film now mind you i'm just not talking about oh these are just black actors no they're, they're not black actors they're actors they're artists the, when we go back and check any marvel film to see how many true artists that i'm fenta name fenta yeah i said it fenta i can say that from wakanda sort of so with that being said this film had and featured and honored and showed love and commemoration to chadwick boseman michael b jordan lapita nyangu danae gabriel daniel Coella, leticia Wright. Winston Duke, Sterling Brown, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker. I mean, guys, come on. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I saw Armand. I saw Terrence Howard. I saw. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, you know, Don Cheadle. I saw him. I got. I, I get it. I, 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 I saw the Tobey Maguire's of the world. I was like, listen, not knocking. I'm just saying that's star power. 
a lot of it. So with that being said, my best artist award, as I like to call it, because uh, artist, I don't want to say, you know, actor or actress goes to Miss Head of the Dormelage, Dana Garia, Miss Okoye. You win my first award for best artist in this film for several reasons. What I look for when I look for an artist to bring something to me, it's, it's about what is the challenge, what is the degree of difficulty of doing a role. And so one of the hardest things you can do, like as an actor and an actress or an artist, you fight for someone to recognize you as someone. And then when you reach a certain arc, what can happen, especially as a kid, you can mm -hmm. get typecast. It's, it's worse for kids. Adults can break out, but kids rarely do it. Deal, like even, even Harry Potter is still dealing with trying to break free of Harry Potter, even though he did a hell of a job and now you see me too, but that's for another day. With that being said, she was so famously known and is so famously known for the character in The Walking Dead. I mean, synonymous. She wouldn't have never had to do Black Panther. And you could not go from, she went from a black woman with dreads, like locks down to her back, to a bald-headed woman. You can't even go to the extreme. So she does this. Now, mind you, so she does this. So you're, you're already at a deficit because we know you is one thing. Mm -hmm. the, the biggest, the hardest, the hardest thing for an actor to do is to reinvent himself and make you believe that they're different. So she's already known, and now she has to play the head of the door, Melage. So to me, the one word came to mind while I gave her best artist of the film range yeah what did i see you do throughout the film if you were just a warrior it's a badass warrior you don't get this award from me mm -hmm. if you're just some helpless chick you just don't get that from me if you're some vengeful female you don't get that from me if you're just some token black woman who who's who's birth feeding and being the conscious not that you don't get that from me but when you have to talk about her character she showed that she could be a wife to the head of the border tribe. But at the end of the day, the moment that husband, who she honored and cherished and loved, threatened Wakanda, she did not doubt for a second to kill him. Yeah. That's number one. Warrior. She was known by Nakia. Nakia called her the fiercest warrior Wakanda had known. She didn't even hesitate. She didn't stutter to Tala's tell, to name. Mm -hmm. So now I'm, I'm getting all, my mind is going to another level. Then friend. She was one of T'Challa's best friends. So imagine how hard it had to hurt her when she said, I am loyal to the throne. Mm -hmm. After she just saw her friends, she wasn't friendly with anybody else in this film other than T'Challa. And the one person she took off, took off her cool from, shout out Andre 3000, the one person she took off her cool for was T'Challa. So now she's lost her friend, leader. She led the most fiercest tribe, warrior tribe, the world has ever seen willing to die mm -hmm. for their king the leader protector the and for my game of thrones fans she was the hand of the king she was right there on his side every single moment and every them even when he didn't need it okay yeah i can handle this don't freeze like like, like he like, i got this like we don't need whatever you trying to do we don't even need that type of pressure tonight yeah. we're good and lastly but not least she showed her loyalty at the end of the day. As much as she loved T'Challa, loved Wakanda, she was loyal to Wakanda above anything. She mm -hmm. told Nakia, 
I am loyal to the throne. Yeah. So basically, why she wins best artist for me is no other character throughout that film was either written or performed their duties to a range of what I would like to accept this. You were already brought in that as a deficit because we knew you from The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. You made me forget everything about The Walking Dead. You went from dreads to bald head and you you acted the fucking out of that part. And it just goes to show her range because usually if you're going to show compassion, it's at the expense of looking less Weak badass. Yeah, 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 she yeah, was yeah. able to toe that line perfectly where you felt like she could be uh, a protector or just kill you in a blink of an eye. And you never question either way. Okay. Um, so what do you think? So is you cool with that? Yeah. I'm, I'm, well... I'm not I saying think, you got to uh, agree. I'm just asking. Uh, you that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. But we, at the end of the day, we disagree. We're gonna have to pick one of between my main. Well, or we're not gonna main. pick. Should we let? Should we let them pick? No. <laughs> well, I got the females on my side, so you know I'm gonna win. So it's okay. All right, but I got. Let me get the four honorable mentions out of the way. Jesus Christ! You, I brought. Uh, I, I brought Beyonce. He brought Destiny's Child. Go ahead. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're talking about range. I have to bring up Lupita. Because it may not have been range alone in Black Panther, but when you see her in Little Monsters, Us, Black Panther, I mean, her range alone in Us, from the tethered version to the real version of her, that was insane. But to see her go from, like, comedic action in Little Monsters, where she's borderline a damsel in distress, but also badass, to Us, where she's both badass and the damsel in distress... And then Black Panther, where she did the range was just great. So I was impressed, intrigued by her characters. Um, and it's not just because I want to run away with her. Um, Sterling K. Brown, uh, the he. All right. So whenever any other actor walks onto a set and they see Sterling K. Brown there, they immediately must be like, "Man, damn it! I'm gonna I, like." There's nobody like all this. Somebody has to say is. All right, Sterling K. Brown, we need tears. And he's just immediately, like, waterfalls. It's insane, his ability to cry on demand. Um, and, you know, I, I knew him from uh, Life in... No, not Life in Pieces. Uh, it's another one of those network shows that... ER? Was that your ER? No, it was the one with Mandy Moore, uh, the Crock-Pot murder. Um, uh, can, I can. It always slips my mind because he's a I, very I underrated off. actor. He's 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 definitely a thespian. If you haven't, if you have guys have a shot at Sterling K. Brown, if you haven't really dove into his career, talk about underrated. I mean, but to Jesus open Christ. up the movie with him was a really good choice because you're like, all right, this is already on a different level. This is a movie that's reaching beyond just a superhero film. It's going for depth and drama and like real life emotion. But that's why I say that's why I don't agree when people say that they just made Killmonger this 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 matriarch or something like that. Because again, his his dad was so powerful. They letting you know the first sound you hear in the whole movie is from the stepdad, and not step. You know what I'm saying? Like it's from. I don't have, and I you and I'll I'll, sh I'll prove it to you that I have no problem with Killmonger because it's on my paper here. It's not my issue with Killmonger's story, character development, or anything like that. I just feel like they got him to third base as far as character development. And when, when it was time for him to run home, they tripped him. We know why that happened, though. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why that that's where that black blogger was going was because at the end of the day, they set him up to be the, the you know, where any black American could say, I identify with Killmonger. That's who I am. That's who I grew up with. But what's wrong with that? No, nothing's wrong with that until they get to the, until it gets to the point where in where he's running from third base to home. And there's just this it's almost out of character for him because he got what he wanted. And then he goes extreme to where he's hurting the people that like he just he became he went from being a very, very well fleshed out villain who wasn't even really a villain to the third act becoming your stereotypical villain where I'm just going to damn the world and destruction and well, see, chaos. But, but no, to me, that's the beautiful part of it. That's where Ryan Coogler comes in as a director. Think about his films from Fruitvale Station to Creed. He didn't do Creed too. so for you out there, guys, just come on, do some research. But that's where I say, do, don't just, sometimes, sometimes Easter eggs are found more just than films. They're found in the film process. And to me, Ryan Coogler was an Easter egg that was found in this film process because with what you just said, with, with, with Michael B. Jordan pairing this character and Eric Killmonger, and like you say, they set him up. Here's the, the easy th- what they did was they showed you that at the end of the day, if all you seek is revenge, you will never find love. He was never, he never got an opportunity to fully develop and receive love, so he never knew how to. Hey, once I get here, let me balance it out because guess what his dad's his dad's teaching his lessons were cut short Mm -hmm. so his character was fleshed out at like nine or ten years old his dad was ripped from his life so while he was beginning to receive and see love all his environment he saw killing every day he saw not having every day he saw his dad telling you we're from heaven but we're living in hell so most of his uh, childhood life and which is where the brain is is formulated here in the most of the younger parts of your life all he saw was negativity mm-hmm. so you can't tell me his character wasn't fleshed out at the end i i think it's by happy accident i don't think marvel went this deep i do think I it's by happy like accident third, he's coming around third base and he's like but how did he trip? just as close to re- show me it's, show me when he was because he's just as close to redemption as he is to total chaos and destruction and he got nudged the other way it if you saw if you saw if you saw education and for majority of your life for, for, let's say let's say that they came when he was ten I, or twelve. I, he I saw totally education get. for the majority. He saw eighty percent education, twenty percent love. The moment when he could understand the education and maybe the love was coming, it was ripped away from him. So don't I can't I cannot blame him for saying I want to see my people liberated by any cost because he ran into people that looked like him that didn't understand in the states. No, so, I be, I believe everything that I believe his actions. I believe he has a reason for the act. The, the writers did a good job in setting up the third act. I just wish they would have set it up, tweaked a few things so that the third act could transpire a little bit differently and be a redemption story. Like, oh, man, you thought this was the villain. No, this is not the villain. This is, this is we, we just snuck an origin story for another superhero, for an advocate. But they did do that. That's the beautiful part about it. They, he did not die. At the end of the day, he, at the end of the day, he acknowledged, like, like good move, cousin, which I thought was a little cheesy. They're trying to wrap it up. But even me and you've done the research, and here's the thing. They were shortchanged. Now, they were not shortchanged in the budget. Let's be fair to the film. The budget was $200 million. They were shortchanged on time. Yes. Yeah. And, and and confines of the story, mm-hmm. which is why Ava decided not to do the film. And like I say, F. Gary Gray, who did uh, Fate of the Furious, had another project to do. So, but with that being said, they were shortchanged on time. However, the 
I have to be honest. It, like we both agreed that we did not like the final. The 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 film was so significant and awesome up until the to the arc of the action at the end. Anything could have happened at the end, but we don't. We both agree that we don't like that. So all right. So my next honorable mention is Letitia Wright. Her portrayal of Sherry is one of my favorite things about the movie easily. The energy that she brings to the movie, it kind of brought me back to um, Patrice in uh, Coming to America, like the sister. Oh. Something about her reminded me of, it wasn't, it was something about her character. Why does she always get the good ones? (laughs) Like she was this beautiful vacation from all of the troubles that come with the plot you're following. You just kind of get to take a break and have these moments with her that that are like, one, it humanizes everybody. But yeah, she was great. Um, and then uh, last time we'll mention goes to Winston Duke as Mbaku. Uh, just the way I think if anybody else would have played that character, it may not have come out as as well. Like the way that he, that character naturally progressed from somebody that was like, um, not an enemy of T'Challa, but but they were not they were at odds to someone that ends up. Man, when he comes running in and saves the day like ex machina style at the end in the end fight scene. Witness the power of the Jabari and that, you and you. If you say one more word, I will feed you to my children. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm a vegetarian. Um, number one though, my the the if I had to give an award to one person, it would be Michael B. Jordan because every scene he is in draws you in because he has this yes I'm sorry he has this intensity like and I can understand why you're why why you, you feel so you understand because that. so you, you understand you so you understand it's like that. real recognizing real you bring that intensity so you uh, you must feel like why the hell am I not in his position I recognize why well, I know why I'm not in his position but I have a problem that I'm working on but can you disagree on. though like he is oh no he brought every it. scene he's in it doesn't it, he just like it's again it's like watching Heath Ledger and the Joker where it's like oh this guy is in it have you seen Kill I've seen it, yeah, yeah, quite a, quite a bit of it, and oh, I just want to ask. Okay, yeah, no, okay, I, okay, okay. I'm not making a comparison between Michael V. Jordan and and Tarion Royal. I'm just saying that in Black Panther, he is easily. Whenever he was on the screen, I found myself thinking, I, I wish this was just a Killmonger movie, and that I do Black like that. Panther I do like was, I do like that. Which is that would be dope. Reason. That would be dope. Like he's such a great Wake villain. The, that would have to be yeah, and, then, yeah. and it's. And I think just like with what Heath Ledger did with the Joker, the reason why the Joker was like revitalized with uh, the Dark Knight is the same reason why um, uh, Jordan's performance as uh, Killmonger like made him such a great like fleshed out villain, <clears throat> where he was just he was three dimensional. You felt like he because he brought this human side of it when he was uh, when, you know the trauma that he felt as a child. You could actually see that he wasn't just playing this angry guy that was that wanted revenge, like some '80s action movie. When he came, even when he came with the anger and the animosity, you could still see the pain and passion in his eyes and like the real human side. Like he was somebody that was hurting um, and lashing out. So that the the way he brought that to life was uh, amazing. And when when you play a villain and convince the audience that you might be the, that you're the good guy or get them on your side. That's like, that's a great actor. Hopefully, hopefully I can say this and persuade you the other way because this is where the beautiful part comes in. I've listened to all your arguments all night and I don't disagree with what you just said. No, I'm not, no, I'm not knocking with you. This is not a, like a, a, a sarcastic twist. 
I'm using your own argument against yourself because I want you to think about something. You're telling me that the, the that the, at the beginning of the episode you told me that um, a lot of people didn't like how Eric Killmonger were, was portrayed. In. The same argument that the blogger says where he says that the character was not fleshed out and they made him this militant. I I somewhat say that sometimes you can't let your opinions shade what you're watching because when we want to believe something we innately we watch for what we want to believe however at the very beginning of the movie they show a child that again i mentioned this earlier that his father got killed his father was already teaching about the greatest place in the world while his son was living in hell that's hard enough to deal with it on its own then tangle that with you show up one day you see this alien looking spaceship which f your mind up let nobody's talking about that they're in Compton and you see a fucking alien spaceship. It's one thing to see a drive by, but I just saw a fucking alien spaceship. Mm -hmm. Not only that, I go upstairs and see my daddy killed with, with claws that look like Panthers. So say all that. Okay, fast forward. Now, the first time after that that we meet Eric Killmonger, he is in one of the dopest museums ever, looking highly educated with these exact glasses on. So Marvel, save some money on the glasses you buy um, and just hire me as an understudy at least next time. And these things are happening. But one of the like the one of the like the top ten one of the top three out of ten dopest lines are mentioned in that scene alone. So when we meet Eric Killmonger as an adult, we're showed how educated he is with like in with ninety seconds. So no one can tell me his character was not fleshed out, David, because he says, "I didn't even put this in my book because I've seen it and I ment mentally memorized it a billion times." He says. You've been watching me since I came here, but you're not uh, wondering about, you're not concerned about what you're putting in your body. That's a line for everybody that eats fast food and does all that crazy shit. You're more so concerned about what I'm doing. You're not concerned about what you're putting in here. Then he educates the lady that works at the library. She's like, he was like, what's this? She was like, oh, this was uh, discovered by British soldiers in, in Belize or whatnot and blah, blah. She was like, yeah, mm, yeah, it was taken by British soldiers, but uh, it's not, nah, it's actually from Wakanda. She's like, excuse me? She's so offended. She don't even want to fact check this shit. This bitch, yes, yeah, this bitch is so offended that some nigga is in her museum in some country that's not America telling her about some that she didn't went to school and paid a hundred thousand dollars for let's just call it for what this is this mm -hmm. podcast is going to be honest so she's so offended she don't she refuses to believe this shit. He, but but he don't even get dismayed by that what does he say but nah, i don't worry about it he dismisses how dumb the fuck she is because she can only see his color and says don't worry i'm gonna take it off your hands for you and in her mind because what for some reason, she elevates her mind. I'm thinking she's going to say, he think he finna steal it. For some reason, somebody taught her right along the way. She says, oh, it ain't for sale. What I really think she did was she don't want her ass beat no more. But she says, oh, this is not for sale. He's like, nah. And then he re-educates this for the second time. So she thought she done came back from life and rechecked herself. And he says, I'm going to take it just like the British soldiers took it. What you thought this was given to you, it was taken by British soldiers. So I'm going to take it back. Mm -hmm. So he educates her three times with her body where it came from and where it's going now help me out again david what's in her body where it's going and where it came from if you brother that's past present and future so what i'm saying is don't tell me black blogger that his character was not fleshed out he was simply he let his anger and his greed take over at the end of the day i do this shit. i've seen every fucking marvel movie all 21 or 22 movies of the infinity gauntlet several time so while i will allow people to have their opinion check me on the shit that i know because i do this all right so uh, to be clear the argument is never is killmonger a fleshed out character 
the issue the issue that the blogger has is that is that it's the one character that Black America can identify with, and coincidentally, that's the villain. That's incorrect. You don't think a bunch of America identified with T'Challa? Peaceful? Hey, I'm king of Wakanda. Hey, man, I'm king of my community. I ain't well, got to yeah, worry about everybody and, else. And he says, he says, you think T'Challa's letting you into his party? You ain't from there. But that's what, who said that? Who, now, you know who that, said that's that. That's the blogger. No. What? Eric Hill. Oh, uh, no, um, and Ulysses Claw said that. He said that while interrogation. But that's kind of T'Challa's... That, I mean, that's the establishment's way of looking at it. That's why they don't help anybody. He's like, oh, what do they do at the end of it? Set up a set up a community center? Motherfucker, we already got community centers. You got the YMCA. That, that doesn't do anything. Make the change we, real now, Let me ask you something innately. Because we never... I mean, we discussed a lot in life as friends and as filmmakers. But as a person, I've never asked you this from a film perspective. And as a, like it's combining the two... While we both agree with Killmonger's perspective, and we at the end of the day, if we had to cast our ballot, we both are in the Killmonger crew. I we both agree with that. With that being said, was T'Challa at the end of the day so wrong? He, is he not a form of AI saying because he maybe they did show how smart he was saying, "Listen, I've seen this before." It's the same thing with the Matrix. What did the machines realize? Humans were bad for themselves. Mm-hmm. Is not T'Challa a preemptive, a beta version of AI saying, "I'm not king of everybody. I can only tell you what my facts say." That we don't f*** each other up. That we eat right. And that 25% of awesome is better than 70% of I don't know what the f*** happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm asking, brother. Now, tell me, talk to me about that. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I I think T'Challa was on the right path, but I think Killmonger was already there. And then at the end was some politically safe compromise that fell closer to to T'Challa. And then he, he goes to the United Nations and, like... Like, I mean, as, as exciting as that is for them to have the seat at the table and United Nations has no idea what the, what has even come to the table like, as far as how great they are, as awesome as that scene was, it's still this, like, like you're compromising for the sake of, like, what? Like, what is... It's, I, and I'm not talking about the story itself. I'm talking about a message that's trying to be sold by the producers, by Marvel or by you know the powers that be that put this out it's this like it's kind of like a statist and status quo point of view and be okay with that and that's okay but in my i think killmongers uh like even as extreme as he he was in the end i think it would have been like i'm i've still i've still fall on his side of things i don't think there should have been diplomacy no, I agree with you 100%. But I think we both also agree that I wouldn't have went as far as, like you say, when he choked the lady in the heart-shaped herb garden and did those things, say it burned the garden. That shows of hate. Like It, it, it shows like if you let rage control you or if you let envy control you, that you lose sight of what it is. And so that's why I say at the end of the day, T'Challa cannot be um understated for as much as i agree with killmonger in his ways i don't agree with how he ended up and i don't agree with how docile t'challa was for most of the movie i don't agree like i like his father was probably the perfect blend of what diplomacy was like i had to omit the truth mm-hmm. so yeah, i mean that's i mean i had to, i'm sorry like i mean like you got to end on like so, I just, so who so between killmonger and uh what's your girl's name Without a shadow of a doubt, uh, apologies to my pronunciation. Shout out to Dania Gurria. 
And I'm pretty sure I'm doing that wrong. Charge it to my heart and consumption this evening, not my appreciation and admiration for what you do. With that being said, if I had to choose between her and Michael B. Jordan, and I'm going to choose her, but it, that is not an indication of what Michael B. Jordan did. Even as an actor, you you only can do so much to what your part allows. If Michael B. Jordan was not allowed the range that she was allowed, she again he was only allowed to play maybe to a two or three dimensional role, which mm -hmm. is if you're a great actor, it's hard, but you can do it because you you're committing to the role. And he's an actor that commits to the role. When I don't see you pop up on TMZ or media takeout every other day, I know you're somewhere committing to your role. Do you? Is this coming from a completely unbiased... 100% correct, because you have to understand, I knew both of them prior to the Black Panther film. I knew her from The Walking Dead, and I knew him from The Wire. Yeah, I when know, he first but got she's, start. she's not going out for any roles that you'd want in Hollywood. Does not matter. Like, at the end of the day, I may talk <laughs> but I still respect Michael B. Jordan. All right, all right, so... I'm sorry, man, come on, bro. Uh, What's that not awesome? Come no, on, man. I, I will give you this one. And because it's 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 your it's your pick this episode. No, oh, no, that's not fair. Now, come no, on. No. I, I, well, I want this on the living wake. I, I want this on the living wake. I want all of this smoke on the living wake. I agree with everything that you said. Like, I can't disagree with anything you okay. said. Those are right. deeply okay. good reasons. Okay. And I don't have those good reasons But no, reasons tell me your reasons beyond. for him. I want to say I want that, the outside. That, I pretty much presented my argument when I said him. But that's. But I, I agree with that. And I would like to see... I would like to see her. So at the end of this first season for our final episode, we're going to take every best actor, actress, or artist that we chose, and we're going to put them all up against each other. We'll put them all, 13 actors or actresses or artists, on a whiteboard, and we will erase them each one by one until there is only one left, the best actor, actress, or artist of the entire season. Um, so I would rather see her on there because I feel like Michael B. Jordan would just wipe the board with whoever else we put on there, and it's going to be a washout from the get-go on episode Unless one. Unless Okoye was on there, <laughs> and then he won't wipe the board. Okay, yes, again, I'll give it, I'll give it to you. Okay, that concludes our scene stealers. so royal right now. <laughs> scene stealers segments out. Let us know in the comments what you thought. And you don't forget to subscribe. Click that little bell thing. Ding! Let us know in the comments, you know, did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Who do you think was the best? All that good stuff. Argue about it in there and help our algorithm. Up next is, uh, you're going to need a bigger boat. Jaws reference for my 1980s kids out there. What do you, what do you think the best line is in, uh... In Blow? In... Oh, wrong movie, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got, I got, I got two. I, could, I had to pick two. That's not what the first off that. No, that's not what you messaged me. We had a pre-production meeting two weeks ago, and you uh -huh. told me to choose three. So you're lying to me now? Oh no, I, that was top three scenes. We were only supposed to pick one quote, or just whatever. It's our show, man. We can do whatever we want. Okay, let's go. So how many do you have? Three. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So you do one, I'll do one, you do one, I'll do one, then you do one. You start, yes, it, sir. You start it and wrap it up. Yes, sir. All right, here we go. All right, so here we go. <clears throat> oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I did, I did I did. get one. I'm sorry. So Okay, so I'll, I'll do one, you do one. I go do for it. Three, two, call it. <laughs> no, no, all that is going in there. I ain't calling it. <laughs> That's what she said. All right, my first one is uh, right at the, or it's right at the beginning. Um or towards the beginning, uh, T'Chaka, he says, you're going to struggle. Who's T'Chaka? 
Who is T'Chaka? I have no idea. T'Challa is Chad with Bozeman. T'Chaka. Damn, you're gonna, you're gonna call me on a on a. Well, we're doing a professional show. I'm gonna call you if you're gonna pick up. All right, that guy, <laughs> T'Challa's father. No, that is T'Chaka. Yeah, that's who I said. I thought you were talking about the Will Ferrell movie, Lamb. Lam- no. <laughs> no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. One of us is talking about the, what the movie that we're doing in the episode. So he says. Uh, which, man, I'm feeling this even more than ever right now. He says, you're going to struggle, so you need to surround yourself with people you trust. Mm. That is like a proverb inside the movie. I thought that was really awesome. To me, that's um, something that, that resonates yet again. The film is resonates to something that's not talking about cult, uh, culture or color or a demographic of people. What it's talking about is birds of a feather flock together, surround yourself around. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the dumbest building, stuff, stuff like that. Because, mm-hmm. again, you want people who are going to elevate you. Like, even with me and you, the essence of what we're doing, like, they say friendship and business don't mix. And I'm a firm believer of that. But I do believe if you're truly and but if you're someone's friends first, then business comes second so our friendship is first but because we so much respect our craft that as friends we both know how much we care about film that we won't let this show fail and when you you consider like where that quote is coming from that's coming from a man who his own brother betrayed him and his right hand man kept a secret literally to the grave so he had both examples of like somebody close to you that you can't trust mm-hmm. and someone close to you that you can so that just adds so much weight to that i concur sir all right what you got all right so <clears throat> okay to me this is home on so many levels this show is about film this show is about what we do this show is about our lives at the end of the day we're here to entertain you guys we're here to just be a guide to all you kids out there who are thinking about film, being filmmakers and picking up a camera and buying one and learning, going on YouTube or spending too much money at Full Sail. We love you, Full Sail, but if you had us as directors, you'd make more money and have less students, but that's a subject for another day. Um, so I don't want, I don't want to like preface this with anything. I'm just here to say that I am who I am. Um, when I use the term blurred, most people will look at it and say, oh, you're just saying black nerd. Well, no, uh, no, that's actually a thing because it's one thing to be a nerd, which I would love to just be a nerd. I would love to just be a film geek. Unfortunately, the world I live in doesn't allow me to do that. So when the world is, I only paint the world that I see. So you can't, if you're not living in my world, you can't understand it. Why you can't empathize, you can never sympathize. Don't tell me you understand. So for me in this film and while it hit home, to quote Doc Rivers from the LA Clippers I wish I could just be a coach and to me in my sentiment what that means I wish I could just be an actor I wish I could just be a director I wish I could just be your friend and me and you are really good friends best friends but at the end of the day innately because of the world I was programmed in thank goodness I know how to hack life that I can break out of those confines and still I won't let the hatred that the world bleeds to me make me not be a friend first, be a father first, be a human first, be a film critic or a film or an act, great actor first. So thankfully I can go above that. I say all that to say this. My 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 um best quote from the film comes from your best actor for the film or your best actor of the of the uh for our first episode, Mr. Michael B. Jordan. And 
it, by me saying that, you should know that I definitely mean it. Because oh, you, I know what I already know what you're doing. Wow, well, well, well then you should have chosen then. <laughs> <laughs> my best, uh, my best line for the film goes to a gentleman who I've competed with my entire life, even though he doesn't know it. And while I competed with him, I res I may talk shit about him with my friends, but publicly I have nothing but respect for this gentleman because while I don't know him as a person as far as his acting skills, I have nothing but respect for because like real recognized real. So my best quote for the film of Black Panther goes to Michael B. Jordan, um, character-wise known as Eric Killmonger. The line was... Bear me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships because they knew death was better than bondage. To me, as he mentioned earlier in the episode, I had a lot of quotes prior to this that I thought were super awesome, funny and clever. But I... What do you want me to tell you? You want me to look in this camera and be super happy that I'm intelligent? You want me to look in this camera and be super happy that I've loved film since the day I was born? You want me to look in this camera and be like, oh, this is a great show. We shouldn't talk about stuff because we have to monetize ourselves and reach a thousand subscribers. I'm not going to do that. What this subscribe. show. Sorry. No, it's okay. Definitely subscribe. Whether this show fails or it does not fail. One thing you cannot change is that I know where I come from, I know how awesome I am. And to hear that quote from an actor that I am in competition with, respectfully in competition with, because that's what that's what made this show so great to, for me to pour my heart out and say that. That's Sterling K. Brown. What will Brown do for you? For me to pour my heart out and say to you that that line means so much to me because before I knew I wanted to be an actor, before I knew that I wanted to see the world in a different light, I knew that I would rather uh, down my knees than live on my feet. And so as me and him have talked about, we both agree that if we had to make a choice between Kill Eric Killmonger and King T'Challa, while I respect what T'Challa was trying to do in the world that I live, I would love to accept reality for what I want it to be, but I have to respect it for what I, the reality that I live in. So to me, that was my best quote of the film because I resonated with some with it so much. First, as a human. Secondly, as an African-American. Thirdly, as an activist. Fourthly, as an artist. So you see where my priorities lie. I'm like, again, I, I can only tell you the world I live in. Don't tell me I shouldn't feel the way I feel if you don't live the world that I live in. I live in a world to where, for film purpose wise, I hate when they like cast other characters as different characters. Like when Daredevil character uh, recast Kingpin as a black character, I hated that. <laughs> like, I don't want to see, like, I love the fact that Miles Morales, the black Spider Man into the Spider Verse, is the dopest movie in a black director and a black character got the the love that they do, that they deserve and that's mm -hmm. dope because see that that was worth that spider-man into the spider-verse but don't re i don't want to see these other characters whether white black or blue i want people to realize yes i grew up with 98 percent superheroes that look nothing like me david yeah. and i was told i was taught that they were better smarter faster 
that's the program that was set into my mind matrix wise this is a film podcast do shall we not talk about film i was fed a pill mm-hmm. but because i come from a heritage to where they gave me the last name Roy. That's the name that was given to me. I would like to think that y'all chose the wrong motherfucker to give the last name Roy. You knew my ego was too hard for that. So I resonate with this film so much because that quote there is exactly, had I been born 100 years late, earlier or we've been born 100 years later, me and you would have never met. We're the products of people fighting hard from both sides of it, people that fought for us. So this quote to me is my best quote of the film because to me, death is better than bondage. I will never be a slave to anyone. Yeah, that was a that was a killer final line for him, and perfectly fitting too. And uh, that is a somber conclusion to we're going to need a bigger boat. What do we got next? So, with that being said, on a lighter note but darker, we have someone from the movie Black Panther, which brings me to our next segment: cast, crew, or you. And when we say you, we're not talking about the widely popular film from netflix you featuring that crazy character joe we're talking about y-o-u see unlike most podcasts where we get a b c d d e f list actors we sometimes want to involve hmm i don't know the person that pays for it buys the posters the person that gets the little stuff we have in the background the person that has to pay for that nobody else gives a about yes you the consumer what's one of the letters in consumer you so that's what we're talking about who are you so with all that being said, it's not about you this week. We actually have a cast member from the film Black Panther. So, David, cool points real quick. What what tribe was he from, this member of the film that we have? Uh, the Border Tribe. What uh he means, I'm guessing real quick. Don't blame me if I'm wrong, but he is correct. The Border Tribe. And if you notice, right on the screen right here, as we will fix it in post, he is now showing you what the Border Tribe outfit looks like. Let's give it about a good five seconds with some weird-ass music from 75. And we're back. With that being said, we have Jarrell J.T. Miller. How's it going, sir? Hey, y'all boys doing? Yo, what kind of forever? I like that. Yes. Yes, yes. Beautiful, yes. beautiful. So you are an actor, comedian, singer, screenwriter. When did you first realize that you wanted to create for a living? You taking it. You taking that like the thing is, I could say, um, like, you know, when I was like a kid and like five years old and everything like that. But honestly, I feel like, you know, it's just been with me, like, honestly, since I came out the womb. And I don't mean that in like some like whatever, whatever. But I just mean it in the sense of like, uh, I've always been uh, very open with, uh, you know, how much I love to, uh, what do you call it, interpret things and how I love to, like, you know, art- artistically interpret them, I guess you could say. I've always been open to that. And pretty much, for sure, as long as I've been watching television, you can guarantee I've been uh, o- open to uh, what he could, like. And that's the thing. I've been watching television my whole life. You have, you, have, you, have, you have to understand, like, from a very young age, like, I've, like, you know, just had, uh, like, I've been glued to the, to the screen and uh, different projects, whether it just be, like, you know, you know, for me at that age. And then the thing is, too, I would, like, try to dibble and dabble, and I got a little... There are some things I've been off a little too early that I probably shouldn't have been watching when I was, like, five years old, mm-hmm. six years old, probably watching it. Probably watching a few things a little too I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. But it is what... No, the thing is, is that uh, I've always kind of had a little bit more maturity in that 
extent. Mm-hmm. But having said that, no, for a very long time, for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to create artists. Like my whole life. So who who showed you who showed you the movies as a child that you probably shouldn't have seen as a child? Because I know for me it was my grandfather on my dad's side. He showed me Nightmare on Elm Street before I probably should have seen it. I I yeah, 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 yeah. I experimented oh, with French kissing on the wrong person because I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off and that's how that's how oh, Matthew Broderick kissed yeah, Mia Sarah. It was my mom. <laughs> it was my mom. And she said, do not ever kiss anybody like that, especially your mother. Gina, my grandmother's name, this is why I don't want you showing him this shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. This is our first TTFT it's exclusive. Crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like, okay. So what it was is that, like, uh, with me, um, I got it from, like, a, a bunch of different places, like, you know, with uh, not necessarily, like, family my family members not like same as you you say your grandfathers so but not necessarily my immediate family like my mom and my dad they my, my parents no they tried to like whatever whatever like like guard me from that like anything mm-hmm. i like so interested like no no you can't watch it you can't watch that but the thing is is that i had an affection for so many comedians like martin lawrence or uh, or bernie mack or or uh eddie murphy and it was just like no like like i'm telling you life came out in 1998 right so i was born in 1992 i was six but I still caught pieces of that boy, and I should like, 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 like just like again. I didn't watch that whole film, but as I got older, I want to say by like ten to twelve, I had already seen the whole film of life. And I shouldn't have seen that at ten, twelve years old. But I saw. What led you on the role, and how did you take ta- take us from unsigned actor to now I'm an agent, and now I ro- want any role in Black Panther? How did you go from this is where I'm at in my career? I need to be the, on Black Panther. What happened? See, okay, so all right, all right, all right, cool. I guess I'm just going to have to like give you all the scoop, scoop, and what really, you know. Really Tell really us about that black privilege. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right, so it's so crazy because you know, I was so obviously um, honored by the opportunity uh, to this day, like you know, because it was just like still. As many of us as there were out there, it was still a select few at the end of the day. Especially when you look at uh, how many people would have loved to have been in it try to be in it, all these different things. Yo, know, I kind of got there on, on <laughs> straight up, like, dude, through the back of the house type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is how it happened. So, uh, my boy, one of my boys in acting, and, you know, we all got our peoples or whatever. He's a fellow actor, you know what I'm saying? He does his thing out here. Uh, so, uh, in Atlanta, we both say in Atlanta, and um, that, this is where they shot it. They shot it out here. And around that time, when I tell you, we were just trying to like, you know, like every, like anybody else that was like, you know, kind of anxious to be on the project. We were as well trying to figure out like how we can get on, who do we talk to, this, 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 that, the agent, like, you know, I said, can the agent hook me? At that time, bro, I didn't even have the representation that I have now. See, I have like, like, you know, much better representation right now at this very moment in time. At that time, it was eh. And so I had to get a lot of things through, you know. Word of my eye, help me, like, help a a brother up type thing, you feel me? Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, when uh, my boy, he, like, somehow, bro, he got to connect with with, uh, the people over there at Black Panther that were, like, you know, they needed people for uh, the Border Tribe and for, uh, what do you call it, you know, the people of Wakanda, all that stuff. But these were for the reshoots, bro. They had already shot most of this stuff already, but they wanted to reshoot a lot of things that Ryan Coogler 
like he wasn't like he said it himself. I remember that day, those days on set, like it was like we're redoing all this because he wasn't feeling it for when they first uh, shot it. You're on set for the reshoot shoots, which I would have killed for. I'm just gonna be honest with you, Killmonger, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah, I would have killed for it. So you're there and you're telling us that the director was not happy with what he saw. So because he pulled his card to say we're gonna reshoot this, you got an opportunity. And, no, and there's nothing. There's nothing else to it. I was a part. Like and that was the other thing that was really cool about it. Like I, I was more. I was assured. You know how like when you're on set, especially for these big major motion pictures like a Black Panther, Marvel, or whatever. Especially with what I with, where, where I was, dude. Come on, it, it's not a guarantee at all that I'm gonna get screen time. It's not a guarantee. But I got screen time, and that was that was part of the part of that was because I was there. I was there for the reshoots. That the things that and while, while we were there, yeah, the director spoke on like there were certain scenes in that Border Tribe scene that he just felt as if though it wasn't connecting as good, and he just wanted a little bit more from it. And so it was specific for us to reshoot uh, some of those scenes. And so I just felt so honored that like or like and also fortunate that like wow, not only do I know that these scenes are for sure going to be in the film now, but like you know now I can be a part of like you know making sure. Like wasn't connecting before, I can be a part of making sure that connects. You know, you know, be a part of the solution. Where were the uh, where were the reshoots at? Oh dang! All right, let's see if I can remember that thing. It was it was a uh, it was a uh, we were just talking about it in a in a group chat too. Um, I want to say somewhere in like far south of uh, South Georgia, so like you know, I would say forty. 30 to 40 minutes south of the perimeter of Atlanta, I want to say. I want to say that could be a little uh, uh, away from Fairburn, somewhere around there. I I, I don't want to, but that's the rules around that area. All right. So, yeah, no, that's just interesting to me that the, that they were, movie magic's able to make Georgia look like, I mean, Wakanda is supposed to be, I'm not even going to speak on it. You go on what Wakanda is supposed to be. Yes, yeah. Do not talk. I will feed you to my children. Um, no. no. <laughs> I mean, you no, see the way it looks no, in the movie. Well, no, no. I, in I, fairness, no, no way. This this show wouldn't even be right if I did not give him credit. Let's go at JT because you don't know this story. So essentially, I dressed up like me and my family and like with my closest friends to go when Black Panther first came out two and a half years ago. We right. go right. and we, we got on the Wakanda gear. We go in there and he's like. I want to film you guys doing this. He says this. I'm like, all right, cool. But we didn't really think this oh. out. We were drinking one night. We're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. He's going to film us. We didn't think about white Caucasian male with book bag, a camera book bag, walking into a film theater on the day of Black Panther coming out saying he's going to shoot people. It totally came out the wrong way. However, it came out completely well. So this is my personal Everett K. Ross. He, if you saw the movie, you were in the movie, so I know you saw it. This is my Everett Ross. He's flying the plane in Shuri's yeah. laboratory. This is my Everett Ross. You see the way it looks in the... I've, I've been all through Georgia, and I've never seen anything that looks like Wakanda. And the way that they could take that... Actually, that's, I've never... Oh, yeah. Georgia. Let it yeah. out. Let it out. I mean, Please. To, to, that's like... To most people that live in Georgia, they would probably be so pissed off to find out that Wakanda was in Georgia. Georgia. One, one more follow-up, please, because I'm very interested in this. Like, so you're you saw it in person, and then you see it on the screen. How how much of there is the difference there? 
they do a very good job in terms of the things that 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 they, that like it's actually there, like us being there and all. But as far as everything that's behind us and all that stuff you see or whatever, you gotta understand, bro. Like you know all the CGI and all the stuff that goes into that, and but it's so it, it, it's even though uh, it's you see the big difference or whatever, it's still you're still amazed. I, I was still really amazed and still like. Uh, Impressed, I guess you can say, but how well done it still looks, even knowing all the stuff they got to do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like what it is. It's Wakanda too. At the end of the day, like it, can, it ain't gonna be like you know what I'm saying. That Wakanda, like you gotta go, you gotta go there. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, to make it look legit, make it look right, and I, I love that they, they went all out. They went all out. Now, you trust me enough to tell this story because I'm not gonna put you on Front Street, but again, this is that's the. Uh, so you told me so here's the thing like so his border tribe outfit was worn by somebody else before and when he came to get it like well don't ginger snap crackle pop and tell us you just you just triggered something I did dog your memory I didn't I didn't even like wow I listen you do, you do, cause damn, dude, I, I'm over here like, what is this? What are you talking about? But, but, but yeah, I know what you're. Okay, so base, you 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 you're talking about the cape, right? Tell me yep. About, yeah, not Superman's cape either. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's see if I, I have not told the story in a minute. So, and with respect to this guy that I'm about to talk about, so T put me on the spot, so I got to tell the story now. And with respect to this dude, though, like, honestly, there's no ill will, no nothing, bro. There's no ill will, no nothing. But uh, I just, like, this. the interaction was kind of silly. Um, we're, we're, we're costumes, right? Costume, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like I said, like, we just talk about reshoots. I mean, first time, blah, 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 blah. And I'm getting my thing everything for the first time. And then, like, they basically, like, you know, we have these capes that we have for the Boda tribe, and the capes are down there, right? And uh, the guys just basically tell me, hey, yo, like, go ahead, pick. There's no, oh, get this one, get that one, this one's assigned to this one, just go ahead and pick. So I saw, uh, uh, I saw one that was like, I want to say, I think it was blue and orange and silver. Ooh, that was hard, boy. I said, I want that one, I want that one. So I pick it up. Dude, out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to say this dude's name, but like somebody comes up behind me and he's like, hey, yo, you know this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, 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 stop right now. There's nothing wrong with the camera. Are you telling me somebody, this motherfucker walked up to you like, like, Xerxes and 300 was like, yo, bro. He put his hands on your shoulders like, it's not my power they fear. It's the whip. Like, what the fuck happened? Like, seriously. Dude, bro, like, it was just a simple ass, like, like, it was, oh, okay, now that I am remembering even more clearly, you know what happened, man? This is actually Tell us, please. I got all the way out to, like, you know, where we're about to shoot. You know, I got all the way out to, like, we're, like, we're on set, we're on set now, and... That's actually where he approached me, I guess, because he had been looking for it all the way back since, like, trying to get, like, since cops, like, you know, putting on his costume and everything like that. Like, where's my kid? And this, 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 that. And, like, bro, we had, I think we shot one take. And in between this, I guess this guy is still looking for his cape or whatever. He's still looking for it. When they said cut, 
In between cuts, in between takes, boss, this man walks up to me and goes, Yo, you, if you know that's my pick, <laughs> when he approached me like that, like, you know, in between takes, to tell me, Yo, I can't believe Michael B. Jordan did you that way. That's crazy. No. <laughs> if it were, here's the thing. And <laughs> you funny, bro. That's funny. If it's Michael B., I bet I got your cake, right, Mike? Yeah. I got your cake, my bad. Just as a fan of film and as a child that wanted to only become an actor and entertainer one day and to see a person who did that and chat with Bozeman, but was a better person than a better actor. How does that make you feel? Look, folks believe in what they believe in. For me, I definitely believe in a higher power, and I believe I'm a very spiritual individual, and I do believe there is a God. And, like, you know, it's just so funny how things work out in life. And, like, it's just like, wow, like, really? Because, like, obviously he passed away, and um, uh, I was just, I was, you know, basically uh, grieving privately. You know what I'm saying? It's, it sounds weird. Because did, did I, like, was chat with my best friend or anything like that or something like that? Or was he my... No, no, he wasn't at all. We weren't, like, dude, I met him in that that, 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 that time, whatever, whatever, doing the film. But having said that, um, it still hurt me, like, like I lost a brother, for real. Because, um, it's, again, specifically Chadwick, he was special, bro. He was special. He was beyond special. Um, he was somebody that I specifically looked up to. And I always spoke when I spoke, when I speak to other people, I'm like, you know, you're talking about actors that you really enjoy or people that you just feel like guided or whatever. What <clears throat> he often came up, he often came up. And when I spoke with him, I spoke about him in the highest regard that I talk, like the highest tier that you can, you can speak of when it comes to any actor or any performer. I don't think I even like realized or said enough how much like, 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 dude, you were actually one of my favorite actors out here in the game. I didn't even like, you know, hone that in enough. You know what I'm saying? And like, it like how it hit me, and it hit me even that much more in his passing. And uh, like I said, uh, also him being African American. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like being an inspiration in that. Like, you know, just because uh, like, there's not. Even though we are getting more and more representation, there are a few select that have the talent the class, and just the God-given gift and the craft that Chadwick Boseman had. And that's what I aspire to be. And I cannot be more, I'm, I cannot be more upset that he's not, that he's no longer with us. And not, but he went out like a true, like a true king and a warrior of Wakanda. That's yeah. what I got to say on that. Everyone that was close to him said that he had a smile that could light up the room immediately with positive energy. What was it like? You're the only one in this conversation that could actually speak on what that would be like, like in in yeah, yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and that's crazy to me. You have to understand how that's crazy to me that some people, like in this time, have had that you know I guess energy or like that the attitude towards like like that with me like you, know, you actually so what's it and I'm just like. What the heck? How, how am I that one person among so many people like right now or like, you know, or like amongst my people, whatever. And um, the truth is, man, is that even though I wasn't as close to him as some of these other people were, 
Yes, absolutely. I think that those uh, reports are all true in the sense of, yeah, like the, when we were like when, we, when I was there for reshoots and we were um, uh, filming like uh, the scene that like, like we were on the hill, you know, that day and like uh, there was a lot of uh, us running down the hill and coming back up and running down the hill and coming back up and um, <clears throat> there was like that was when I, I remember having uh, a. The, kind of like the most interaction with him. I was going back and forth because it was just a lot of like, because it's funny, like we're just going down. Oh, they guys go right back up. And then we come, we go up, come right back down and then like uh, meet up with him in the middle, but not try to like, you know, run his ass over because like, you know, I said we got to come real close or whatever. It's just, and, but like, it's just like the, the little playful interactions we had there, him letting us like, you know, touch on the suit a little bit or whatever, whatnot, like just like entertaining us and like just being a good hearted, genuine person. And you felt that, you saw it, he gave that energy. He was not, as I guess you could say, um, some people in this business, they make it and they start showing their ass, I guess you could say. And like, no, that that wasn't Chadwick. Chadwick was still at, like, just humble, giving, open, and dude, I, I couldn't, man, I could like, it doesn't get, it doesn't get higher in class when, you, when you're talking about, you know, how he was as a young man, what he did, and just how he lived his life. Any less class? Any less classic? That's the first feature you're working on, right? How like how's that going? Tell us about that. Oh snap! This man has set the title. Ooh, ooh, oh my gosh! Uh, you gotta you gotta kind of excuse me to hear uh, other people say it. Yeah, 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 dog. Yeah, it's out. It's, it's out really there bad. in the ether now. Now it now it has <laughs> to be done. Any less classic? Uh, it is a uh, upcoming uh, romantic comedy. You know, it could definitely. It's probably could like you know slide in that romantic dramedy to to an extent. And it follows two young men um, trying to climb the ladder in the music industry while also balancing romance and everything that comes with dating in a modern society. So I'll let y'all. That, that's a solid that's elevator awesome. pitch right there. That's good. <laughs> That is Jarrell Tyrone Miller, actor, comedian, singer, songwriter. Little brother. Keep an eye out for any less classic. Yes, you, in any less classic. Man, do it, man. Listen, salute, brother. Hey, listen. E Bombay. Any less classic. Hey, I appreciate y'all, man. Jarrell Tyrone Miller, that's the f***ing trailer. Y'all have a good one. All right. Thank you very much to uh, Jarrell for joining us and sharing some very interesting behind-the-scenes stories from Black Panther. Keep your cape, cuz. Keep your cape. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have room for improvement. So, if you could change one thing, uh, what would that be? That's what we're asking ourselves. And uh, I, uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, please. All right. So, and this is my problem with most action movies. Um, they they time things to make the character more badass when they're supposed to look badass, and there's it's this unbelievably convenient timing that would almost the odds of it happening in reality are just so astronomical that the scene becomes distracting because all I'm thinking about is how this is not realistic. And uh, what I'm talking about is the moment, everything about Killmonger is awesome, but one of the, his setup scenes in the uh, art museum when he, when he tells the, uh, direct, the art director or the curator, whoever she is, when he tells her that, um, you, know, what, you know, you're not even worried about what's in your drink. The moment that she says he says that she goes into <clears throat> like at that moment it like he timed it perfectly from the time he put poison in her drink to the time that he 
told her that there was poison in her drink for it to begin taking effect at that at that moment. That was purely done to just for the badass effect of it. But it, in like most movies, when they do that, it's done so uh, obviously, and it's just poorly written. Um, I don't have an alternative for how they should have done that. Maybe they should just should have left that part out. Um, went a little bit subtle with it, but if I could change one thing, that would definitely be the thing because it took me out of that element of this is, this is uh, deeper than an action film. It was the one time that I felt like, did Jerry Bruckheimer do this? That means quick cuts. And here's the beautiful part about our show. We've been debating, agreeing, disagreeing the whole show, but when it, when it comes to the subject of one thing that we could have changed, this is our show. We're sponsoring it. We're producing it. We're cutting it. We're editing it. We're filming it. We're acting in it. So we do what we want to do. So what I'm not going to do is disagree with anything he said. That's his premise. And I, hey, I love that you put your heart out on that because I don't want any smoke from what I'm about to say. <clears throat> if I can change one thing, and you have to understand, I wanted to change that ending fight scene so bad. Oh, I wanted to change it way down. Shout out Office Space way down if I could change one thing <clears throat> I normally don't like to read from the script but I want to make sure that I don't miss anything here <clears throat> on behalf of every thespian actor crew member artist and poet and crew member craft services runner on behalf of every person that's ever taken their job seriously, if I could change one thing about Black Panther, I would change how ignorant Terry Gilliam was. A name I associate with the word Voldemort, a name that shall not be mentioned. The 12th, or should I say the 13th monkey, no pun intended. <clears throat> to quote the so-called filmmaker, writer, producer, Terry Gilliam. I'll put my resume up against yours any day. While you may have more notoriety, I'm sorry for my drinking. Because clearly that's what you were doing when you gave your IndieWire review. And go check it out, guys. Even I won't be as ignorant as he was as I can control myself. But I would put my IMDB up against yours any day of the week. You have more notoriety. Still can't pronounce it, but maybe you can pronounce excellence when you see it. So maybe I was doing it on purpose because I'm such a method actor. I would like to provide the community of the world with a few quotes from the so-called director, actor. I'm sorry, let me take that back. He doesn't deserve that. Director, writer, I don't know, <laughs> whatever they call this guy. Quotes from the IndieWire review regarding Black Panther. Quote number one. I hated Black Panther. If you want to look for the action verb in that sentence, the action verb is hated. Okay. That's cool. Whatever. I'm willing to accept that. It's some movies I hate it. You know, I get it. District 51, you know. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I've hated a lot of freaking movies. Or what's the worst that can happen? Uh, that movie. Anything, <laughs> anything with Katherine Heigl in it? Yeah, Vanilla Sky. You get it. So I get no, why. No, whatever, whatever, see, whatever. whatever. Season, oh. season two. Stop. Okay. Season two. You, you're gonna have to sell me on that. <laughs> you, oh my gosh, she turns so red. So with that being said, 
that was one quote. I hated Black Panther. If I can continue with quote number two, watching this movie made my blood boil. Okay. Okay. Then the question starts. See, worse than statements are questions. The statement starts, which are, I wonder whether the filmmakers even went to Africa. <laughs> if that ain't the Caucasian kettle calling the pot black. <clears throat> and this one, just when I was ready just to, to just admit this as clickbait, the quote of 2020 came and it wasn't even in 2020 when he quoted this. Out of everything that's been fucked up with 2020, this is the quote. Black Panther gives young black kids, which he's an expert in on speaking on, by the way, the idea that this this is something to believe in. It's bullshit. Utter bullshit. And right when I was ready just to send some tweet, which is like a hundred and some odd characters. I couldn't even get done with my tweet before I found this part, thanks to that algorithm that shall not be mentioned. They went and got some stylists for some African pattern fabrics and things. But I just hated that more. Partly because here comes the back, back step because he know they're f***ed up. The media was going on about how important this bullshit was and guys those are quotes those aren't opinions those aren't facebook algorithms those aren't instagram ads that you didn't ask for but let me help you out real quick in my response to those things remember when he said they went and got some stylists see here's the thing out of all the bullshit that happens that has happened to me in my life at the end of the day i still can put aside all that bullshit and still be a thespian and still respect art and, you know, artists and actors and actresses for what they believe in, even though 95% of sets are Caucasian or some color that is not mine. I still love the art so much that I can still appreciate people who are at least trying to do what's right. But when people are just being innately evil, that's what this show is going to do. We're calling you the f out. Let me tell you what he meant and what discredits every thing terry the fuck you thought you were better than anybody that looked like me or put up a pin in their life gilliam said let me tell you how i know he's just not that guy remember when he said they went and got some stylists let me tell you the films and shows that the stylist has worked on he couldn't even mention her name this 79 year old plus could not mention her name just say her name shout out brianna taylor Miss Ruth Carter, which takes 30 f***ing seconds to IMDB, has been a part of the following entities. Black Panther, Dolomite Is My Name, Malcolm X, Amistad, Yellowstone, Four Brothers, I Spy, Baby Boy, Money Train, Corklin, Jungle Fever, and a little show that you know called King Seinfeld. You ever notice how some white guys, Caucasians, I don't know, who've never been in the community that looks like mine can pass judgment on a show? It's kind of f***ing funny, is it not? So Terry Gilliam, if I can change one f***ing thing about Black Panther, is that you never f***ing saw it, because your opinion doesn't matter unlike all lives. Now, in Terry's defense... You have defense for this? No, really? You no. want to do this? I okay. No, I just didn't think you were fired up enough. I wanted to throw a little match real quick. I did not want that to happen for us tonight. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Terry Gilliam. Hashtag cancel Terry. 
Council Terry, you f***ing bigot. <laughs> Man, that, that hurt so bad. Did you well, know all that well, I just well, said? I, I mean, I knew part of it, but no, no. Uh, Man, he did Heath Ledger's last movie, Twelve Monkeys. Like, uh, why do you think he signed off, signed on for that? <laughs> no comment. Thank you. I'll make mine out later. Guy. Yeah, whatever. Colonizers yeah. are gonna be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Everett K. Ross showing out tonight. All right. So next up, we have the uh, final segment. Given, we are going to give the film one out of five. Does it get one? Does it get a, a handful of? A whole fistful of f***s, you might say. Um, let's find out. Well, for me, if I have to give a f*** given, what I would give this film, all in all, I say, I would say I f***s with this film hard. I give them a very erect middle finger, David, because of the fact that what I didn't want was too many compromises to be made. And to me, while the film could have been better artistically, for what they were given and what was accomplished and the phenomena that came from it, even me and you doing this show right now, it reached its masses. We're still talking about a standalone film from over three years ago that still resonates today, that still has so many subliminal messages in it. So you were given a marginal budget. You were told what you could not step outside the line on in the coloring book. Yet we have at least 10 to 15 quotes that are super dope that resonate outside of film. To me, I super f***s with this film too Two, f two, f I only two, got two hands. Two out of five. Well, no, not two out of five. No. What do you got out of five? That's what we're doing. Two out of five. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm, well, mm, I've, been, I've done a lot of in my life. So, uh, uh, out of five, I give it four and a half. Okay. Damn. You're gonna make me make a graphic of a half metal finger. All right. I told you that. Four and a half. All right. Um. All right, so I want to preface this with saying... Uh, uh, He's going to say some bullshit now. For, I'm not racist, but... <laughs> for a comic book movie, I would only... I think I could only give any comic book movie three f***s. Okay. Max. Okay. So I give this one three f***s. I give it three out of five f***s. But if you had to dive inside the realm of a comic book genre out of five f***s, what would you say? Well, I can't because... It, here's... All right, so... I say uh, what I think is great about it is the fact that, like you said, it's a standalone. It, it stands on its own as a standalone movie. Like when I watched it, especially with the ending, with the United Nations ending, it felt like an awesome extended pilot episode to what would be the making of an intriguing series. Like in it, in the way it it has that perfect climax into that um, the cliffhanger. So it goes from when he office. when he tells them that we're gonna they're gonna open themselves up their technology to the rest of the nation. Yeah, they 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 close out the story in Black Panther really well with the climax, and then they go into that um, they go into that cliffhanger at the United Nations where it's like they're setting up this this awesome series of events that's gonna transpire. Like it felt like a great pilot episode, uh, but then like even with that, I'm watching that and I remember being excited when we saw it in the theater. And then getting excited again, but it was a it was a bittersweet excitement this time because this time it was like, well, they can't do anything that they whatever they were writing or had in mind when they did that scene and ended it like that, they can't go that route anymore because reality has changed what their what their uh, uh, options are, unfortunately, and so like even with the one like the thing that made it so awesome to me. 
it comes with this like bittersweetness because you see the potential of what they were setting up and immediately realize that like I'm still intrigued by what they're going to do with part two because you know there's an opportunity there for them to do something you know very interesting but I would have really loved to see where uh T'Challa's story was going to go from part one, how they set it up. Speaking of that, I just want to, as we as we wind down, and that's one of the things that, you know, sometimes we have to cherish, as they, if you've heard the line, people never get the flowers while they can still smell them. And I want to just, you know, say that, you know, I, I, I empathize with him while I can't sympathize with him. When you got to play characters like James Brown, Jackie Robinson, and T'Challa, like, Dude, your resume. Like, I mean, who, who, who's, who's, who's putting their dick on the table and saying I played these people? Yeah. Like, even Denzel. While you played Malcolm X, but I mean, outside of Malcolm X, there's a couple like you were in Roots. I'm not Roots. I played Glory and all these other things. Like, but like, just if you three standalone movie, I was T'Challa, King T'Challa, James Brown, and I was Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, hey, hey, T'Challa out. I'm out. Like Bozeman out. I, hey man, hey. Salute, brother. Hey, listen, my resume that so so I real does recognize real. I can only hope one day for my resume to be there as an actor. Like and those are the things that that I have to say that even though as great as an actor he was from all the research I've done for Chad with Bozeman, he was a better human being. And that's to me that's dope as his finest, man. So real quick before we before we just wrap it up with what we're doing next week, um what do you think they're going to do with part two that's uh that's not a tricky question it's a direct question there's but i will add on what do i think they will do and what they should do okay what i think they will do is i think they will they will push the story back and let the while this story the black panther story was meant to lead the second phase of 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 not phase four but for phase four and phase five of of marvel because they have different phases if you didn't know that most most comic book fans know that they have different phases so while that's not going to happen anymore because remember chad would never just uh there's only two people that knew chad would had what he had medical wise there was his agent and of course there was his uh, his girlfriend outside of that no one else knew or no one else was previous to the information so he signed that deal or no one that's not really out there is just getting out he signed the deal with marvel even in the first film when he knew he was diagnosed with what he had so when you ask me what is he going to do they were in the middle of writing part two when they found when he died right correct okay correct the storyline was somewhat they hadn't even started filming 100 correct thank you the research is correct so with that being said, what do I think they will do? I think that they're going to push the Guardians of the Galaxy with James Gunn. I think they're going to push Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, and I think they're going to push these other entities into the film that's that are already happening to figure out where they want to go with uh, Black Panther. But what, I th- what about Fantastic Four? See, here's the thing with Fantastic Four. That's where been rebooted at least four or five times. No franchise has been more rebooted than Fantastic Four. You like you got like the eighties version, you got the Reed Richards version. I'm not re you know, the uh the one we got when we were kids, and then you got the one with Michael B. Jordan yet again, which is why I don't like characters playing the same character. But with that being said, what I what I want them to do, I want them to be true to what we've talked about tonight. And because follow the storyline what i think they should do and if they follow this i want some credit marvel to at least bring me in fly me and my best friend in to help you guys save some money and some time on guys who know what the fuck they're doing um what they should do is they should follow the story arc of when 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 shuri 
becomes Black Panther in the comics. In the comics. However, the the full film should not be based off of that. What it should be sixty to forty to sixty percent first part of the film should be spent on T'Challa passing and them trying to find the next man to be the next Black Panther. So while all this is happening, Shuri is saying she does not want the throne. She doesn't want any of these things. But while this is happening, while they're going through the same battles we saw from Wakanda 1 for them to find out the next Black Panther, they're attacked. They're attacked by the city of Atlantis, which in Marvel lore is when Namor and the city of Wakanda go to war. Atlantis and Wakanda go to war. And so what I'm saying is if you look at the Avengers Endgame, there's a line to where Okoye says, what, what, what Black Panther, no, I'm sorry, Black Widow says to Okoye, we've seen some uh, some some rumblings of an earthquake under the sea. How are we handling that? And Okoye says, Nat, we handle it by not handling it. Yet again, Rain saying we're going to be smart about this. Mm -hmm. But what she's referencing is the city of Atlantis, which is Namor. So what I would like to see is they do the misogynistic thing saying we need another man to be king. I want to see Shuri not want that mantle to because my brother was here. She's still mourning her brother. So give me half of the movie of them picking someone. Then right when they're finna pick someone, Atlantis attacks. And because of Shuri's intelligence, maybe that's when they fully recognize her intelligence. And she takes over the mantle as Black Panther. It's some one we know is paying homage and it's not saying hey guy guy up next aka jared leto you got to play this role with somebody look i don't want anybody to get jared leto and i think that's fair yeah i 100 percent agree with that that's exactly who i had was the sister i think that's the most logical really? explanation yeah okay. okay uh so hey we can end it on a on a total agreement note. yeah um Next week, we are going to be uh, talking about a film that we actually saw last week, and, and that works out perfectly for the movie we're doing. We're going to be kind of going back in time to discuss something in the present that we'll post in the future. Uh, Tenet. That'll be next week. We will be going through all of these same topics, all these same discussion points, so look forward to that. And uh, what do you, you got anything before we say goodbye? I have a lot of things before we say goodbye, but what's already happened has already happened. See you <laughs> in the future. And that is the mother trailer. <laughs> subscribe, subscribe. That's the great show. This, yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, man. I, yeah.